This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Weber. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are talking about the MVP race and other award races. We have the probably the hotly contested Giannis Antetokounmpo versus James Harden debate that we'll be having. We'll also talk about the Rookie of the Year, Six Man, uh, Most Improved, uh, Coach of the Year, and Defensive Player uh, of the Year awards as well. We'll give our predictions since we are only two weeks away from the end of the season. Then we'll be jumping into some draft talk. We got the Dallas Mavericks. What if they keep their pick at five uh, or in the top five? And then we'll also be talking about our fair prospect, apparently, uh, coming out of the past two weeks from the Mock Draft 4.0 and the mailbag. Uh, Bull Bull, we'll talk about his best fits as he just recently declared for the NBA draft. I'll try to take my opinion out of it uh, because clearly uh, you guys think I'm hating too hard. I don't. I, I, I oh, wish the best one. for all of these prospects. <laughs> I, I don't like Nasir Little as a prospect. I wish him the best. I hope he becomes Kawhi Leonard. The, I hope I hope the best for Cam Reddish. I hope he becomes Paul George. I hope Bull Bull becomes the 35 and 15 and 3 player that someone said in the comments. Like, come on. I I am I have too much of an opinion in there. But Bull Bull is going to be the first player to average 35 points who's above like 6, 8 or something like that. That's yeah. not Will Chamberlain. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, we'll be talking about that, and then we'll also be doing Wet Boys. Uh, but before we jump into all that, uh, we are getting close to the month of April, so that means we are going to be posting our new Patreon rewards. Uh, so if you do want to become a patron, you want to check those out. April 2nd, we'll be dropping those. We will have a bronze, silver, and gold tier. A lot of new fun stuff uh, coming in, and a lot of old stuff saying uh, things that we knew worked and things that we don't want to get rid of for the people who have contributed so far. Uh, we don't want to change up too much, but we're adding only good things uh, is what is what I know so far, mm-hmm. and I think that you guys are going to like it too. So check it out at patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, anything before we jump into the, the Giannis or James Harden thing? No. Uh, I felt like I might have cut somebody off. No, no, no I was just good. looking at stuff. Let's do it. All right, uh, we're going to jump into the MVP races. Let's give our preseason predictions first before we give our actual like let's get into the actual talk um if you missed this we gave our predictions uh early in the season uh right before Before the the season season. yeah Yeah. and uh pretty much all of us had the warriors over the celtics uh in the nba finals uh which probably won't happen uh but we at least have the award predictions uh we'll go through mvp defensive player of the year rookie of the year six man coach of the year and most improved player uh ricky you got that pulled up Yes, I do. Technically, I had the 76ers. You said Warriors over East, though. Oh, yeah, technically you did, because it's 76ers over Celtics. So we'll see about that. Uh, But none of us had the Raptors or Bucks. Correct. Um, But, Ricky, give us your rundown of your preseason predictions for the MVPs, the rookie defense players. defensive players. I had MVP LeBron James. Didn't expect uh, him to be, or as Poppy calls him on, highly questionable, LeGroin James, because he (laughs) injured his groin. Well, Um, and and your thing, too, is you thought that the Lakers were going to make it to Western Conference Yeah, I thought it was going to be LeBron. I didn't know he was old and uh, can get injured now. Oh, my Um, God. Defensive player of the year, I had Kawhi. Um, rookie of the year, I had uh, Trey Young, or as I call him, Trey Trey. Um, no. Sixth man of the year, <laughs> Rajon Rondo. Thought that that Laker team, I came in with so much hype. Um, coach of the year, yeah, Brad Stevens. Uh, seeming like that might be a little bit of a take that would have been hot if you didn't know what happened last year. And then MIP, the one I'm probably most right about, is uh, Levine Cuisine, Zach Levine. 
I don't know about most improved player for Levine, just because his team isn't good. He's like in the if running. The, if the Bulls, yeah, he's but if it, I think three, I think he's I think. probably not going to win it. Just your because, team does not need to be good for most improved. Yeah, That's but true. I think it's more of a thing where he's just finally healthy. Like this isn't anything too crazy. Like this is just kind of a natural progression for him. Uh, I mean, looking at Some his first stats, because he, he did aver- average twenty. Uh, when he was with the Timberwolves, so it's not like crazy. Like he had some crazy games, some crazy moments, but also it's like you're getting a ton of usage uh, and you're scoring a ton because you're mm-hmm. really the only guy who was capable to score uh, on that team for a, a while before yeah. Otto Porter was there, before Markin was healthy. And he would be the the second bull to win it since Jimmy Butler in 2014, 2015. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like he's had better statistics. Like he's be- he, like he had, back in 2016, 2017, he had you know 19 points per game on. F- 45-38 shooting, uh, and this year he's on 46.7 shooting, 37.4% from three, and on 23.7 scoring. So it's like it's kind of a natural jump. So I don't I don't know about that, but we'll get into that. I don't want to get into mm-hmm. that discussion too much. Uh, but Dave, give us your uh, your your preseason predictions. Sure, my preseason predictions for MVP. I had Giannis looking looking not too terrible right now. It's the best uh, one out of all of us. Yeah, and that'll be interesting. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year, I had Rudy Gobert. Rookie of the Year, I tried not to curse Luka Doncic, so I gave it to DeAndre Ayton. Good save. Still, still, <laughs> still, still, solid player though. Like mm-hmm. underrated. Uh, he has some of the best shooting percentages for uh, incredible for a big, for man, a big man offensive. Yeah, uh, Sixth Man of the Year, Eric Gordon did not pan out so well. He is hurt though. Uh, Coach of the Year, Dan Tony, because of course the Rockets and most improved player is going to hurt Mark Fultz. Yeah, uh, not only is he hurt, he's also probably bad at basketball. Uh, I wouldn't go that far yet. Uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent done on that man. I hope. I hope he's not for his sake. I mean, again, I'm, I'm wishing the best for him, but like. Yeah. Uh, we're we're not going to see him this year for sure, but we'll yeah. see we'll see what he happens next year uh, when he's with the Magic. But that was seventy six or Markel Fultz. So That's true. Maybe maybe the Magic's a different monster. Maybe he's an MVP. Now he really just needs to get traded from the Magic. Then we'll see the real Markel. <laughs> uh, now going to my preseason predictions, you're going to piss off Magic fans with that one. Uh, my <laughs> Don't be wrong. Pre- my preseason prediction for MVP with was Anthony Davis. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year was Ben Simmons. He was really good in his first year. Not so much this year. Yeah, uh, he's fine, but he's not great. Uh, rookie of the year, Luka Doncic. Uh, six man, Isaiah Thomas. He's hurt and bad at basketball. <laughs> uh, coach of the year, also Brad Stevens. Uh, I thought that the Celtics were going to be the number one seed uh, in the East, and clearly they are not. Uh, and most improved player uh, was Brandon Ingram, who had his moments. I was right there uh, with you drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah, but obviously had his injury uh, to end his season uh, about a yeah. couple weeks ago. Um, and then also, point guard Bi is is a monster though. Mm-hmm. I thought being next to LeBron was going to help him, and it did. Yeah, kind of. You know, late in the season before he got injured. Um, yeah, if you take away Rondo and Lonzo Ball, then yes, I think that that that's where the fit was. Yeah, he know? had his moments. Yeah. Uh, but let's now talk about the uh, awards now and how they are. Uh, we'll talk where Dave was right with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Giannis where and- Dave was right. <laughs> Giannis oh, it's so good. It's so good, Colin <laughs> and uh, James Harden. <laughs> A lot of people still feel it's Giannis, but I think all three of us feel like it's James Harden. So let's kind of make yeah. this mm-hmm. debate happen. Um, I think the debate is easy for Giannis. Um, he has historic stats. I mean, obviously we want to talk about 36 points per game that uh, James Harden is averaging. Uh, <laughs> Which is laughable. Yeah, but I mean, even then, is. I mean, Giannis is the only player, I think, in history to average 27.4 uh, points per game, 12.5, and 6 assists. Um, I mean, minus like a wilt. Well, I don't think we'll have the assist numbers. Oh, you're, you're right. Um, so and and not only is he doing that, he's also on the best team in the East, um, at least record wise, and that usually does help. So at least for that, and he's been a monster uh, without a doubt. Uh, Giannis has been a, a freak, and it's it's been aptly named. Uh, I I just feel that looking at James Harden and mm-hmm. looking what he's done 
throughout the season, averaging 36 points per game, but also what he's done for the team um, pretty much since uh, December 11th. Um, him turning this whole thing up where he's averaging 38.9 points per game uh, since uh, December 11th. Um, that is kind of what shows you're an MVP because through the first 23 games, they were in 14th place in the Western Conference, and now they're sitting at fourth. And that's largely due to James Harden's performance. If you didn't have James Harden on this team, they might not be a playoff team. Oh, yeah, and no, absolutely. The thing with, the, with Giannis is... He's fantastic. He's incredible. I do not want to take that away from him. He is definitely number two in my mind. If I was voting, I'd do James Harden. I'd do Giannis. I'm going to do Nikola Jokic. Um, that was also Jokic might be a little bit iffy. He's definitely top five. You just want to um, be right. But I, I do want to That was right. one of your yeah. bold calls, yeah. and you are not far off, sir. I said that they were going to be top the three. and they're in the West? Top two right yeah. now. So um, that was one of the things I did get right. But yeah. I think that Giannis, if you did take him off the team, they wouldn't be a title contender, but they would be a playoff team still. Because mm-hmm. Budenholzer clearly has shown that this team can run without uh, Giannis when he's been injured, yeah. uh, but also his on-off-the-court splits. I mean, like they're much better with him on the court, um, but also this team is still really good when he's off the court. Yeah. Um, they you know go from a 116 uh, offensive rating to a 110 offensive rating. That's still really good. Uh, their defensive rating goes from a 104 to a 106. Like that's still plenty enough to be like the sixth seed in the in the Eastern Conference. Um, so the, my biggest thing I think that we're kind of relying on James Harden is yes he's having a historical season. So is Giannis. But if you took him off the team, where would they be? And that's the biggest uh, argument for James Harden. I think probably the most important one. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, that was a team that was so depleted, the Rockets, with injuries throughout the year between uh, Chris Paul being down. Then you had um, Clint Capella missing games. You've had basically, I think they've had a solid rotation of G-leaguers coming up on 10-day contracts and then short-term deals. Mm -hmm. Like, it's next man up mentality. The only constant is James Harden's going to go out there and get you points, and he's going to get you so many points. And you you look at those, and people want to be like, oh, it's just empty stats. Like, no, it's literally the opposite of empty stats because he put that team on his back, and yeah, at times it seems excessive, but when you look around on that court, it's like this is the offense that was built around him, and they molded it perfectly, it adjusted. As Chris Paul came back, mm-hmm. you just saw it continue to get better and better because you know even though James Harden doesn't need to put up 50 night. He's still putting up 30-plus a night, mm-hmm. and he's doing that consistently. And now, you know, as the, all the pieces start to come in place, that is a team that's just, it's so rock solid. And I don't think, like Sean said, without him there, like, they're they're out of the past completely. Well, and since he's done this, uh, like, since in the past 50 games, where, yeah. you know, since December 11th or whatever it was, uh, they're 36-14. and 14. So yeah. clearly him averaging these points, taking over these games, has helped the team. It's not empty stats that are winning games. Well, it's the debate we have every single year. Mm-hmm. It's the one guy who is doing like it's is it the MVP or is it the best player? Because I think in my be mind, no, in my mind, if you're giving it to the best player, Giannis is the better player than James Harden. If you're giving it to the most valuable player, do you mean this you're year giving or it to you, James? Or well, this mean, year, it's just yeah. a one-year award. Okay. Okay. Um, Giannis is the better player. What? 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 James Harden is the more valuable to his. What team. about his season is is showing you that he's a better? player? I just just like, to with me not to quote John, who's one of our patrons, but it's just the eye test out there. Like for me, overall. Giannis is the better player, does more things than James Harden. James Harden to me is just a, like, and the stat pattern thing comes in because he scores very well, and he's been a scorer his entire career. But the thing I find interesting with this, 
I would also say James Harden has been more valuable this year to the Rockets. That's why I would give it to James Harden, mm-hmm. although I would love to give it to Giannis. Yeah. But the thing I find interesting is ever since the twenty the 08-09 season, so LeBron won it to, uh, four times in that span, D-Rose, Durant, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Westbrook, and then Harden, only three times has that team not been a one seed in the playoffs at the end of the year. The Russ year, because yep, he obviously. fucking triple-doubles mattered that By the way, year. Uh, third year in a row, he's going to average a triple-double. Mm-hmm. Tossing that and out there not, for people. And he's not even in the MVP nope, talk now. That's just normal. It was cool, it was cool at the time, and totally. now it's happened. Totally. Um, you had then Yeah, the, but he's not even the best player on his team. The year... Like, Paul George is going to be a top-five yeah. MVP candidate. Yeah. Probably, he's probably top three for most people. The year, nice Kevin, the year Kevin Durant won it, the Thunder were a second seed three games behind the Spurs. And then the one year LeBron won it in Miami, mm-hmm. they were four games behind the Bulls, but the Bulls were really good that year before Derrick Rose busted his knees against Philly in the playoffs. Um, but every other time, it has been a team that is a one seed. So to me, that's the question for this. And another thing of what hurt Russ before with the triple doubles, James Harden won the award last year. Mm-hmm. Our voters going to be like, yeah, you know, that's cool and all, but we're going to well, give it to this guy. What I was debating at the beginning of the season, why mm-hmm. I didn't pick James Harden, was because of the fact that he, like, the reason, a large reason why he won the MVP last year was because he took down the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to be able to take down the Warriors again because you're the defending number one seed. So you're going to need to do something spectacular mm-hmm. to win it. And I, I truly think he's done done that. Yeah. This team, the Houston Rockets, has gotten much worse uh, from last year, at least talent-wise, and he's been able to make that difference up. And yes, they're not the number one seed, but if you look at their past 50 games and what he's been able to do when he's turned it on, they've been 36-14, and 14, and they've risen from 14th in the Western Conference all the way up to 4th. Uh, so that is giving them a first-round matchup at home if mm-hmm. it stays that way. Um, so I look at that, and I think that's just something that is... You know, really eye popping, really spectacular. It's it, it's truly memorable. Where again, Giannis has been a freak of I nature. Mean, Giannis has been say, crazy. He's had his fifty point game as well against uh, the Sixers. Or ooh, that, one fifty point game. I I know, but like that was something where you're going up against a playoff team, and he mm-hmm. just came out and produced. Yeah, I, um, I know. I'm sorry. He's not the same like, scorer and doesn't have the same usage as uh, James Harden. But so. another thing with Giannis that you can play into it that's a positive for him mm-hmm. is. Last year, this team, seventh seed in the playoffs, gets knocked out by Boston. Yeah. We're not even preseason, not even talking about the Bucks. It's can the Sixers do it? Can the Celtics do it? Kawhi now with the Raptors, are they going to be able to do it? Nobody was looking mm-hmm. at the Bucks. Yeah, we knew pre-season. Bud was a good coach, but we didn't realize well, how much he would change this team. And to help that argument, too, I mean, you look at our I preseason predictions on this. Yeah, uh, Dave had him at seven, I had him at six, Ricky had him at six. Mm-hmm. Evan, you look at the Rockets. We all had them at two. So we all thought that they were going to be a top team, and now just the way that the season played out, we're amazed that they're the fourth seed, and then we look at you know the Bucks, and they've mm-hmm. just been good from the get-go. You know what I feel really good looking at our East playoff standings? Mm-hmm. If the playoffs were to start today, no, never mind, the Heat, no. Were they? Oh, I'm looking at last year. If the playoffs were to start today, all of us would have the right teams, just different seedings. I thought the Magic are in here. The Nets. Yeah, I don't think we're we're spot on. Okay. Yeah, we're not. No, so the Wizards we don't have are the not Nets. a playoff team. No, that's, that's, that's right. We Wizards. don't have the Nets. That's right. Have, yeah. That's right. My bad. So one team. Stay hot, kid. Um, 
and yeah, obviously we're all taken out too because uh, Dave has the Lakers in Memphis. Mm-hmm. I have the Lakers. Well, I was Pelicans. just looking at the East. Oh, I know. I'm just saying in general too. And you have the the Lakers at three and the Pels at seven. Early season predictions um, are tough, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd say Bud's contributions to Giannis, like it's mm-hmm. what Mike D'Antoni did for James Harden. I feel like it's the exact especially last year. Well, yeah, it was yeah. just having a coach who understands how to utilize mm-hmm. the, and get the most out of you and fit your skills to a system. I think that's what coach bud is doing for Giannis. like he's really in in a, such a short amount of time gotten this team which is very much a, the same roster like they didn't have a massive turnover like besides like trades for like nico and stuff yeah like but their that. starting five has mainly stayed the same it's it's still bledsoe it's still middleton mm-hmm. it's still and uh, don't Giannis, forget i think the biggest thing is just gonna be brooke lopez don't yeah. forget white dante out there too white dante <laughs> he just got injured though i know yeah uh but I agree. Like Brooke Lopez was a game changer for their spacing. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been huge, but I think that that's the reason I'm like I want to put Giannis there, but I also think that it's like I'm giving my credit, you know, to Bud basically out of this. Like Giannis mm-hmm. is an amazing player. I think he's probably like I, I would say James Harden's going to wait because the 36 is just a stupid number. Like, is that superficial of me? Yes, but that's just where it's at. Like, his or is it like a rough thing insane. where it's like, yeah, you know, that's cool, but we saw you ball out last year. Even I, though this year, stat-wise, he, he's better than last year. He's playing better than he was last mm-hmm. year and with less help. Like, Trevor, losing Trevor Reese and Luke Mabmute mm-hmm. was huge for them, and they mm-hmm. still went forward. PJ's been great for them. They've, they've put in, like you said, next man up. Freaking Austin Rivers, you know, basically got waved from two teams. It's just like, come on, man. It's just... They're able to make it work. And I think that's mm-hmm. all credit to James Harden at this point because team on his back. Is he going to have anything off for the playoffs? Don't fucking know yet. Mm-hmm. But the point is, regular season, it's hard to deny him the MVP. So if you had to sell me in in pretty much one word for both players, who would it be, Evan? Give me uh, how close it is in your mind and who's your winner. Oh, if I can do one word, that's tough. Or not one word, <laughs> but like one sentence. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. If, you, if you had to just pitch it to me quick, like I elevator mean, pitch, like what's, what's the reason James Harden's winning the MVP? In J- your mind. James Harden scores more than anyone else in the NBA. Like, that's just, that's it. He, he is the is best. Is that enough, though? He's the best scorer in the NBA. I mean, it's a, a, but you look at Milwaukee, they have a better record. They do. So it doesn't mean that much. I mean, I, I don't know if that's the best but thing to say. But Giannis has a better supporting staff, a better. Yeah. What, I mean, that's what just, I, that's but, but to sell him, I'm just saying, like, to Here, sell him. I mean, what I would, it's an individual I, I don't know if I'm buying him. And he is saying. the better individual player. Here's how James I, Harden on Island versus Giannis on Island. I'm yeah, but Giannis. that's not what the award is. One on one, the award is one on one. I'm just saying, like individual, like what can they do? That was how, a picture of them fighting on oh, the island. How yeah, I, I yeah, the, the how reach. I would sell each is for James Harden, it would be never been done, and then for Milwaukee and Hart, or for Giannis, it would be exceeding expectations. Where never what, been done. What we have seen from him, the 30 point game streak and this kind of a play, like I haven't seen this type of a player in a very long time. Whereas Giannis, it was. We're going to. We had him what seven and six, and they're now at the top of the East. He's exceeding mm-hmm. the expectation. So whichever side you fall on, but also it comes back down to the debate I said. Yeah, the best player or the most valuable player. Well, to even help that too. I mean, they're not even the best in the East. They're the best in the just league. Yeah, uh, and four games above the uh, the Raptors. Hey, you talk about like the Warriors. A, I think those are good. Then... I think those are good selling points. Though. Yeah, I saw like a crazy stand right this morning. It was like the Bucks have won uh, more game or equal games. This year by double digits than they won in total last year. That's like crazy. when you blow out that many teams, I think it's forty four. Like that's an insane well, number. And their differential is nine point five. So I mean they're almost exactly. averaging just 10, 10 more incredible. points in a game. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. But that, I think that's team basketball. 
yes, Giannis is the catalyst that drives that team, but I think that's just they've been, up until basically two weeks ago, they were the healthiest team in the NBA for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Everything went their way. They, had a, they have a fantastic coach who we're probably going to talk about later for coach of the year. Mm-hmm. I just... I think that James Harden's done more with less. Yeah, I mean, and he's and he's done it in a harder conference. You look at their their starting five before uh, things went south. Uh, Brooke Lopez started seventy six games. Bledsoe thirty uh, seventy four. Chris Mid seventy three. Uh, Giannis pretty much seventy, uh, and then Brogdon sixty four. I mean, they've been extremely healthy. Where if you look at the the Rockets, and I know this is kind of just with the system. Yeah, um, they're not really like a, a pretty much just throw out the same starting five every night. Um, but you look at it, uh, Harden's. Harden and P.J. Tucker are the only players to start uh, over 70 games. Yeah. Uh, Tucker, 76. Uh, Harden, 72. Capella, 61. Chris Paul, 52. Uh, Eric Gordon, 47. James Ennis, 25. He's not even a team anymore. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Fareed, 13. He was just recently signed. Uh, Rivers signed midseason, 13. Uh, Daniel House, 13, who was in the, the D-League. Yeah. Uh, Mello started two games for him. Shumpert started one game like, for him. That's what I'm saying, like... They, I mean, Gerald Green was one of their big contributor contributors. Contributors. Mm-hmm. Uh, contributors. Off, the, off the couch. Mm-hmm. And then they go ahead and they do it again with Kenneth Freed, guy who couldn't, you know, earn a fucking minute mm-hmm. uh, for the Nets. And it's just like, and you're now on our team and starting. Congratulations. Yeah. Dude, I, did, I just played that first dunk he had and, like, the joy oh, on yeah. his face of, like, I'm so, actually playing basketball again. So I don't know what was better. What do you th- which, which one was better for you? Because I'm still mm-hmm. leaning on the green side. Like Green or Fareed, which which oh, green midseason up, pickup? Literally coming off the couch is... and just dropping threes like crazy. Yep. I will... I, both of them were amazing, but yeah. And then just to throw this out there for uh, for advanced stat stuff, yep. uh, the the leader this year uh, in win shares per forty eight is Giannis Antetokounmpo at, uh, at at pretty much twenty nine point two. Uh, so at least how far behind is uh... analytics? Uh, it's James Harden. Uh, James Harden win shares per forty eight. Um, let me find it. Um, because basketball reference only gives you one year uh, oh. or one player for a year, which is stupid. Um, yeah. Great site. Besides that, uh, twenty four point three. Uh, so that's so that's a noticeable difference. Yeah, it, it's a big it's a big gap at least. Per but you know what else is a big gap? Mm-hmm. The difference between James Harden and the number two score in the league. Uh, it's equal to the number two to like the number thirty six. Uh, also, uh, blocks uh, box plus minus. Uh, You're talking like and, points per game. Yeah. The thirty six point two to twenty eight point two. And then you take that difference and from twenty eight point two down to. Whatever, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's a stupid number. Uh, James Harden also does lead in, in BPM, uh, box plus minus, and then VORP. Uh, yeah, and not surprising at all. It's shockingly, he is also the the leader in offensive win shares. Uh, <laughs> but that's one thing too that Giannis has over him is he's a better defensive player. And oh, that's not even mm-hmm. it's, it's not even incredible. Close. Yeah. Um, so if, if we're talking about the offensive gap between James Harden and Giannis, uh, there is a defensive gap, but there's a huge defensive gap where people I think, don't pay much you know, attention to the defense. Well, we will. Trey and, and, and Jabari Parker gonna say what? We all <laughs> we all think that. Uh, James Harden's the MVP, right? <laughs> yeah, as much as I How want do you feel? So I have oh. I have to vote James Harden. I want to vote Giannis. I have to vote James Harden just because Why do you have to? How I've seen the award. I have been the stand of, you know what? It is the most valuable player. Yep. And I have every year, you've asked me the question, Ricky, who's your MVP? And it always was LeBron, LeBron James because he's the most valuable to Cleveland. Well, my point was proven. Cleveland is now garbage without LeBron so James. So is Los Angeles. With them. <laughs> Didn't they win about the same amount of games you know, uh, in the, same, this year last year? A little bit. But I've always been that kind of a person, so I have to keep true with myself, All right. and I don't want to go different. I have to give it to James Harden, although I'd love to give it to Giannis. 
All right. Uh, I, w- I would give it to Giannis just to be right uh, for my preseason <laughs> prediction and hold true, but I do believe James Harden deserves it. I will give you credit because you are a person that would totally just go away oh, from would. actual stats yep. and just be like, I want to be right, so I'm giving it to Giannis. 100%. Um, so I think the fact that you're saying that truly means Like Sean putting Jokic is, is in the top thing. three, although it could be, you could argue no, it. I mean, but James Harden's been in the top three for MVP <laughs> for years now. I think mm-hmm. that just it's a sustained, incredible level of success. Uh, real quick, I am just looking at the, the voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russ, when he did win it, was a much better player like that that oh, triple double was much yeah. better than was, any of the other ones he was averaging 31 he was actually efficient from three it should have mm-hmm. like 34 percent from three he also had the uh, triple double streak like 84 percent uh from the line too so i mean he's been he's been phenomenal uh he was phenomenal that year so it's not yeah. like you know there's other reasons why it's not just the it's triple true. double he got it he was one of the craziest triple doubles we've seen uh but yeah clearly harden finished uh number one last year uh Giannis was six uh, Giannis finished tied for seventh in 2016-2017. Uh, Harden was second. Uh, then Harden was ninth. Oh wow! Uh, in 2015-2016, I feel like he was a whole lot closer in my mind there. Um, <laughs> Harden then was second in 2014-2015. So yeah. there was a drop off uh, between those years. And then 2013-2014, uh, he was fifth. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, basically, since he's been on the Rockets, he's been in the top ten for MVP voting and mm-hmm. consistently up at the top five. Right. It's pretty awesome. Pretty Let, awesome. Let's move now to Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, clearly, it's not going to be Ben Simmons. Uh, it might, though, be Kawhi Leonard, and it probably will be uh, Rudy Gobert. Anyone have any other candidates that stick out to you that, that should be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year? I think one Mitch big Rob. one is... No, no, you're just wrong. <laughs> for blocking all those shots. I mean, no. yes, he blocks shots, but he also hits players as many times. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, he just like pretty much this. It's his block to personal foul mm-hmm. ratio is like it's, equal. It's horrible. Um, I think the big one. We'll just start with Gobert then, because since he is the yeah. defender, Rudy Gobert obviously has been defending his throne well. Um, obviously, defensive player of the year. Uh, same amount of blocks last year, two point three to two point three. Uh, Nearly the same defensive rating, uh, 99 last year to 100 this year. Um, he also has improved his offensive rating as well. I have no idea still why. Uh, he was not an all-star, 122 to 133. Uh, and a big thing, too, defensive win shares, uh, 3.9 last year being the defensive player of the year, and now all the way up to 5.3. Uh, so he's been defending his throne extremely well. Um, so I, I think that he clearly needs to be in the top three, definitely in the discussion. But who else out there uh, should be in this discussion for defensive player of the year? Giannis. You're putting him. You're putting him right. If up he top? doesn't get MVP, I definitely give him Defensive Player of the Year. He ranks what first in. Hold on, you can't give him that rating. Yeah, that's not how that works. No, but he, <laughs> well, that's he, not how I he, this well, he probably should have won no, MVP. So not, we're gonna give you Defensive like, Player of the Year. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, but like, it's not like he doesn't back it up. Like he's been a very good defensive player this year. Like in my but mind, but is, is the award the very good defensive player of the year award? No, it's the best defensive player. And in my mind, it's either you're giving it to Rudy Gobert, or you're giving it to Giannis. Like, and I would go Giannis. Really? I I would not go Giannis. I know Giannis, his impact, uh, it changes the way teams Mm -hmm. offensively work around him because he's just, the wingspan's incredible. He can guard one through five. I I, Don't get me wrong. He is, he's definitely a fantastic defensive player, but I mean, I think that the, the players that stand out to me, obviously Paul George made his mark early in the year, but I think he has fallen off as of late. Uh, the team has been struggling a whole lot more on defense. Uh, just I think in general the Thunder have been struggling. So I think he's his case has kind of fallen off. The other guy that I love hearing is obviously Joel Embiid. Uh, shout out to Jake. But <laughs> he's just everything that he does is it, it seems like it's more impactful, but at the same time, Gobert's just better at, at defense than him. Like Joel Embiid's an incredible rim protector, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that when he does it, there's attitude to it. There's 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 style, there's something. He adds the panache to like his actions, 
And that's why he ends up on Sports Center all the time. Rudy Gobert doesn't even get an All Star vote, or doesn't get voted into the All Star mm-hmm. game. Can't make that. You saw the teary, you know, uh, interview about that, and it's like the dude's just a, a straight up monster on defense all year. Super quiet. He plays in Utah, so he gets no media coverage. Like this is the one thing. It's like you just can't get give it to anyone else in my mind because like no, he's been the best defensive player in the year. He's still the best defensive player in the NBA. I honestly think that Paul George really hasn't fallen off as much as you said. I think the okay. biggest thing that you have to look at with him is night in, night out, he's going up against the best player on the other team. It's and true. he's trying to lock them up. And he's still, I think he's top 20 in both steals and blocks. Uh, he is, I think, like near a 103 defensive rating. Uh, and a big thing, too, is like you look at how good that team is defensively. So it's going to be tough to be, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to have like a crazy on off. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at the top 30, of uh, on-off defensive ratings, Paul George is 27th. Uh, so the fact that he's doing that and still has a a, yeah. a, a, a you know negative differential, where uh, at least defensive rating uh, for you know the team with with him and without him, clearly shows that he's just doing just elite stuff on yeah. the defensive end. And I think you know when you're doing that every single night, and then you're also the number one scorer on your team. It's tough to keep that up for 82 games. And a big thing that he has been is healthy this year. Yeah. Um, and I think that Paul George clearly does have a strong case. So if we're laying out the field, I think you you want to throw in Giannis. Mm-hmm. Um, we're obviously leaving Rudy Gobert in there because he yeah. hasn't fallen off. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, is up there. Uh, I think Paul George is up there. And we'll probably let's throw Kawhi Leonard in. Any you other just, guys? Do you, I guess the argument against Kawhi Leonard is do you discount him because of the missed games? Mm-hmm. Like the health, the healthy DMPs. Yeah, you know that's. I think a lot of people. He wasn't injured. I think a lot of people yeah. are salty about the rest he's taking, mm-hmm. and you know it's his right to take those days. Like he's obviously worked with the Raptors and discussed, like, hey, for me to feel okay and 100 percent going into every game, that's what matters to and me plus, most. So like, hey, we rather have you rested for the playoffs when it matters. Mm-hmm. We yeah. also want to keep you happy because you're gonna be afraid. Mm-hmm. I say like whatever you say, Kawhi, as mm-hmm. long as you sign on the dotted line <laughs> when it comes time. Like, yeah. that's all that matters. So I, I think there's... I think a lot of people discount him and be like, I, you know what? Yes, you've been amazing defensively, but guess what? So is Danny Green. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Danny Green's like I think been insane for that team as the throw-in contract. Uh, a lot of people joked about after that deal was decided, but it just. I don't think Kawhi's played in enough games to make it count for me. Like everybody else is doing it every night in and out. Like you said Paul George going up against the best wings in the NBA every night in the West. So, so would you put him in the field? I I, I would put him in the top ten, okay. but he would be outside of my top. Five. Is there someone that you put? Who who would you be putting in the top five over him? So like we have Embiid, we have Gobert, we have Paul George. Uh, if you want to put Giannis in there, you want to put Giannis. Give me just one other name. Mm-hmm. I think Miles Turner's been uh, you know really great at uh, protecting the rim. He's he's been yeah. good on off as well. Um, but that team is really great uh, defensively as well. Um, I, I think Ben Simmons. We did. I, I, I was joking that you know clearly he's gotten worse, um, mm-hmm. but he, he does affect a lot of shots. He's not getting the statistical numbers and his his, def, his defensive rating isn't great. Um, but he's still not like a trash defender by any means. He was r- extremely great last year. Yeah, um, he was. and he's just he's just kind of regressed to being good, um, which is is still great. Yeah, um, a lot of confusing words in there. He's, he's <laughs> not good, but still great. He's not um, he's not amazing, but he's still good. Yeah, he's still very good. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis would have been there if he played more games. Mm-hmm. Like I think him and Kawhi are on the same tier for me. Okay, like it's just I think there's the top four, and I don't think anybody else is like. There's a step down. All right, where, where would you just put Draymond on there? Because obviously he's taken a, fall, a step back, but he's been former defensive player of the year. Uh, I don't know. But yet again, is this the 
what you've done in the past, or is this yeah, what say, you've this, done this year? This year, he's he's well. He's no, I good, just want to know but... just because what he has done in the past. I just want to know where he is, like in your guys' mind, just because of what he's done. I don't in the think past. you're talking think of fifteen. Not... I'm not saying does he deserve to be there because okay, of what yeah. he's in the past. Just where does he stand because mm-hmm. of his past? Like where does LeBron James stand in the MVP voting because he's been where he's been in the past? I don't think I can think of 15 better defensive effort defensive players this year than him. Mm-hmm. So I would say top 15, top 10 would be close. Um, it's just there's a lot of guys, and if we're like I said, if I'm giving guys who had some games off as a discount, like but they're still top 10 for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I think Draymond, the passion he brings out there. I mean, his defense affects his whole team, and that's that's the thing that not everybody can do. Like I obviously Gobert, his whole team gets into it because of his blocks. Joel Embiid motivates the entire team when he swats a ball into the third row in the stands. Like, Draymond's defense definitely does it for the Warriors. So there are those intangibles. It's like, yeah, the numbers say this, but the eye test tells me that he's more important mm-hmm. because of his defensive efforts. So I I feel good about top 15, top 10 range. All right, so we'll leave uh, Giannis out there. We'll leave Rudy Gobert out there. We'll leave Paul George out there. Yep. Uh, and then who am I missing? Joel. Joel. Yeah. Uh, so let's make a, a case for every player. I'll start off with Paul George. I think the fact that you are going up against uh, you know the best player every single night is is absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. The fact that you have uh, such a drastic uh, on-off uh, differential uh, defensive rating for your team, who is already a great defensive team uh, in the Oklahoma City Thunder, is massive. The fact that he has so many steals. He's the, the, the league leader in steals this year. He's great at just popping balls loose. He's great at anticipating. Um, and, and I think also the fact that he has such a high offensive usage uh, means a ton because he's giving it on both ends. And, and to be a great defensive player, it's not like he's Andre Roberson out there giving all of his effort um, just on the That's defensive true. end or, uh, you know, Tony Allen giving all of his effort on the defensive end, he's doing it both ways. And I think that just makes it more impressive that he has been this elite uh, 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 defensively. Um, He's also really good at affecting opponent shots. Uh, For George, uh, he's, uh, sorry, uh, opponents have shot just 44.1% against him when shooting uh, against him compared to, uh, it's 1.6 lower than the average. Um, Mm -hmm. So he's a better defender uh, than the average uh, NBA player. Um, so I think the fact that he's just being able to do it on both ends of the floor and he does it at such a high level, better than you know an average NBA player, uh, is huge to me for for Paul George. Uh, Dave, clearly you've been on the MB trade, so defend him there. On, oh, on the MB trade, um, he is. I don't know. This is a bad thing. Like I don't even want to pull stats for him because like I don't know that they even line up. But I just know that when I watch him play, he's the most one of the most dominant shot blockers in the league mm-hmm. and his mobility allows him to go out to the outside and cover guys who are stretch fours and fives to keep them honest out there. Just watching him play is basically all you need to see is just the passion he brings and the ability to just be an absolute brick shit house down in the low post because there's not, you know, two guys in the league who can bull through him. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally like Steven Adams who was just insanely strong and then everybody else is a question mark. Yeah. You know, so I just, I, I haven't seen more centers shut down by anybody other than Gobert. It's just Embiid. Like, well, think about all the matchups we've seen mm-hmm. when it's like Hassan Whiteside, you know, lives in his head. Andre Drummond, absolutely owned by him. It's just the list goes on and on throughout the entire East. And then when you start covering those West games, like, it's the same thing. It's just he's just been one of the most dominant centers in the NBA. I don't know if it's all defense, though, and that's why mm-hmm. I'm like, well, he's to, an offensive monster still. To help your stuff, uh, yeah. to help your, your defense, uh on off the floor for opponents shooting in the restricted area, uh, t- people are shooting 59.2% uh, against Joel uh, in the restricted area when he's on the floor. That's pretty good. Off the floor, it goes up to 642 uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's a difference of five. That's uh, just behind Miles Turner, who's uh, when on the floor, it's 59.4%, uh, and that goes up to 65.8%. Uh, and even Gobert, you look at Gobert, 
on the floor, 60% to 59.3%. So there's actually an increase there. Yeah. Uh, but he also does have, you know, Derek Favors helping him out, who's one of the better uh, rim protectors in the league. The old school um, four, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Gobert's great too, but I think uh, he, they're also taking much less shots off the floor, uh, so it's going to be naturally inclined or easier to have a higher percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's you know, twelve hundred shots against him when he's on the floor, seventy uh, uh, seven hundred sixty uh, when he's off the floor. So I, I think Embiid does clearly show that. But has he played enough games? He's yeah. played sixty-two. Yeah, he, he's over the sixty mark, which was the line mm-hmm. I drew in the sand in my head. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it seriously was. It's enough, though? It seriously was. Dave didn't draw that out here. He drew it in his head. Well, okay, so I think Kawhi had 56, mm-hmm. and Anthony Davis had 55. So I was like, well, you got to be more than those two guys. Yeah. And he is. So yeah. I'm counting Kawhi's it. currently at 55 right now. Yep. So uh, back up your guy, Giannis no, Antetokounmpo. Giannis, to me, it's like there's a reason why when we were talking MVP, I said he's the best player is because it's not just offensively. He does it defensively, too. And, like, if you want to throw out, like, because I like what Dave was saying, where it's like, I don't want to throw out the stats with him. His defensive rating is disgusting, by the way, though. Exactly. He's the best. He's the best. And that's the the only stat I would use if I wanted to throw it out there. But it's like, I watch Giannis play, and I go, wow, this guy is, unless it's like, and that's why the Joe Giannis game was so good. It was. Because they just went after each other, and they're both really good defensively and offensively. To where I just look at it and I go, you could make a strong case for not just Giannis being Defensive Player of the Year, not just being MVP of the Year, but being both this year. Oof. You could make a case well, that's what I was for him to being make for both. Anthony Davis at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would be the only player, I, I, I'm trying to remember this from fucking October, but I think it was Hakeem and might be only just Hakeem. Hakeem and I think it was Jordan because Jordan, Jordan was Defensive Player yeah. of the Year. Uh, so I think the only two players to win both MVP and defensive player there were Jordan and uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Both in the 90s. I think it was 91 for Jordan and then 94 nope. Jordan for Jordan was Hakeem. in 87-88. Um, winning MVP and defensive player there? Yep. He averaged 35, 5.5, and 6, while Jesus also Christ. averaging 3.2 steals and 1.6 blocks per game. Is that a third-year player? Um, <laughs> shit. Let's see. And then the Hakeem one was 93-94. 27-12, yeah. 3.6, and a whopping 3.7 blocks per game with a 1.6 steals per game. Mm-hmm. And one thing to help, help you honest thing, he does lead uh, the league in defensive win shares, mm-hmm. uh, 1.78, uh, compared to you know Embiid, who's at 1.54, uh, or Paul George, who's at 1.67. Uh, this is just win shares, though. It's not uh, averaged out to uh, you know a certain amount. And Rudy Gobert's uh, one. 144. But then you could just say JJ Reddick's at 148. So, big thing is, you know, he's on the floor when uh, Joel Embiid is there. Yeah. Uh, but you also look at JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick's not a great defender. Um, I think let's just get into our predictions and then we'll move on. Who's mm-hmm. your defense player of the year? Giannis. I'm stick with Rudy. You're sticking with Rudy? Yep. I'm surprised. Where Dave been, was right. You're back, backing up uh, Joel. No. I, I'll go I'll go Paul George. I think he's been that that effective. And I think even if he's not MVP, the fact that he's been the probably the best two way player this year. Um, is going to be the, the reason for me. I, I think there's Giannis? a case for Giannis. There's a case for Joel too. There's a co- there's a yeah, case for both. Yeah, all three of those guys are very close. Um, I think even Kawhi, when healthy, is it definitely has a case as yeah. well. Uh, let's move to rookie of the year. Um, there's two guys. It's Trey Young, Luka Doncic. Can we uh, just give them co rookie of the year? Nope. It's like, come on, like they've no. both been good. We'll just give one first half and the other second half. I just I think this. I would be fine if they just came out and said, yeah, we're going to give it to both Trey Young and Luka Doncic because they're both like I would I not look, be fine with that. I give look me an at answer. the stats and I go. You could justify either way. Either no, way, that's you could what, I think the biggest thing is both of their teams suck, 
and like literally they're neck and neck. So there's mm-hmm. no like decider, at least when it comes to wins. Oh, it's true. Um, at, at least per They've that. They've literally but... traded away every other starter on the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing too. And he's... It's like. I don't know how if this isn't that. most valuable, this no, no. is just of well, the year. And we're, if we're taking, if we're taking out, I know, and I think his efficiency trade, goes but... away when you take away four <laughs> starters from his team. But guess what? He's still putting up stupid numbers. Here, here, here's what we'll do. Ready? So the the Mavs will keep losing. They'll get a top five pick. They better. Trey Young gets rookie of the year. No one wins no. the trade. No Wrong. one wins. Trey Young <laughs> will not win Rookie of the Year. He was an inefficient chucker to start the season. His stats have been amazing saying, since we'll New Year's. Give, and here's we give the, Trey Rookie of the, the Year. Luka gets let a me, top five draft pick. Everyone's let happy. me let me put this out there. I still have it as Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. and it, it not only does he just have better advanced stats. He's got he's got a higher win share. He's got a better per. Um, but even outside of that, people are just looking at the after the All Star break for Trey Young. Yeah, which is true. He's been phenomenal. Some I do play, not want to take that away. Shut that up. Takes a while. He's been fantastic after the All Star break. Uh, Colin Sexton has been on as well. The last month um, of this year, he's been fire. But at least the 18 games after the All Star break for Trey Young, and then the yeah. 15 games for for Luka Doncic after the, the All Star break, uh, Trey Young 26 points per game, <laughs> nine assists, and then pretty much four and a half boards, uh, shooting 45 percent from the field, 38 from three, and then 87 from uh, the line. Yeah. And Luka 25.5 points per game, uh, nine boards, <laughs> seven assists, one steal. 40% from the field, 25% from three, and 67.2. So the biggest thing that hurts Luka is his inefficiency from the field. But also, again, he doesn't have starters on his teams. He lost four starters. Uh, and he also has— you know, I will just keep screaming at it. The biggest thing that we do see from him is uh, the fact that he isn't fully in shape yet. Uh, so once it gets to the late end of the games, he's really just hurting uh, out there. And he's, he's been inactive <laughs> yeah. for three of the games since the All-Star break. Um, and, and a huge thing, too, is he's still playing like 38 minutes in some of these games, 36 minutes, uh, 35, 37. So, Trying to catch up to those LeBron minutes per game rookie year shit, man. Yeah, it's it's. I think Luka has been worse than Trey Young after the All-Star break, but I don't think it's been that drastic if we're just saying yeah. l- look at the help and then also look at their, their, their makeup. I mean, Luka Doncic is a bigger player. He's going to be going up against more strong and athletic guys where Trey Young is going to try to avoid contact as, as much as possible. And he's, you know, clearly, I, again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Trey Young. I'm trying to build the case for Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic was probably the most elite rookie of the year. We were ready to give it to him uh, after three months. Yeah. So the fact that this is close right now is, is it's a impressive. credit to Trey Young. Absolutely. Um, but I still would lean Luka Doncic just from the fact of, you know, his actual overall stats and his effect on the team is much more massive than Trey Young. Yeah, I think that uh, when it comes down to it, watching Trey Young hit you know half court shots on the regular has been hilarious at, at the NBA level because every single hater out there was like, "There's no way he's going to be able to get away with this shit." Like when he goes to the NBA, he's going to get shot blocked so many times. Dude, there was There's, one he, he doesn't just, have it from really. the like from the logo was like, yeah. I'm just gonna he's got shoot. the feet no, on no, the no, back no. of the logo. Oh, oh, it went in. Good it's shot, like Trey. Good every try. bad shot is a good shot. It, it, it literally is a Steph Curry syndrome. Like it's exactly what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And what, what um, did but I say? passing Player vision Trump. has been incredible. Uh, the availability of John Collins has helped him out so much having that low post presence down there to feed it to like he has I, I think Atlanta has a super bright future with him there mm-hmm. and I don't, I, I'm back to the like I don't know if anyone won or lost this trade but I would say the season as a whole I've been so much more impressed by what Luke has been able to do he came in as a younger player just incredible and and he's just lived up to it every little Young, bit of the hype that younger, people were talking shit younger player but been a pro for, for longer yeah yeah and that's, that's that was the whole thing it was like mm-hmm. this kid's 18 and accomplished more in his life than i have like mm-hmm. come on that's not that hard uh, well thanks thanks um, shots fired but my point is at the end of the day it's got to be luca because he's just 
He's just been an incredible contri- contributor to this here's, team. Here's the thing, too, is the Mavericks are clearly tanking right now. Yeah. Um, and they, they've really gone hard after it after the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, where Atlanta, it was a slow start for Trey Young. And also, I think a big thing, too, is just like that team overall is not that good. Um, outside him and Collins, and then Torian Prince has been injured. Yeah. Um, but you look at it, you know, February 1st, 2019, the Hawks were in uh, 12th place in the uh, East, and the Mavericks were 12th place in the West. Um, clearly being 12th place in the West is much more impressive, and they were only uh, four and a half games back of a playoff spot at 23 and 28, where the Hawks were in 12th place, but they were, uh, I hate doing math on the podcast, uh, eight games back, and they were uh, 16 and 34. Uh, so I think, Luca, you look at just the impact that he's had on the team and the help that he has around and the help that he's lost yeah. clearly gives the, the, the overall structure of Luka Doncic. Yeah. But Trey Young has been fantastic. No, I give it to Trey Young only because. Come on. No, for me, like to me, it's yes. The slow start you could use it as a negative, but it is a negative. Also, it's it's a, like, Dave, like Dave just he said, was horrible. Like Dave just said, Luca had been a pro longer than Trey Young. It's, not, Sometime, it's, it's some, based off one season, yeah, Ricky. I know. Sometime, it's based off who is the rookie. Of will the you year. let me fucking talk, man? You cut me off all the time too. So what I'm saying is. Luca can come in. He's used to being a pro. There was no barrier there. With but Trae remember, Young, he's playing garbage competition. He's playing thirty-eight-year-old men but, smoking packs of cigarettes. But still, no, game. but still, the I'm mentality talking. of being a pro, where Trey Young is coming from college, never had to be a pro. Maybe it took him a little bit to get in the league, but now, ever since the All Star break, if I look at them both, that's why I just want to give it to both of them. That's why I just want co-rookie of the years because you can justify either one, and you're right in my mind. You but I'd give it to Trey Young. Well, and here, let's look at the first 36 games. Luka mm-hmm. was averaging 19.5, uh, 6.5 boards, 5 assists on 43, 37, and 76 shooting, Or Trey Young was averaging 15 points per game, 7.5 assists, 2.9 boards on 39, 27, and 78 shooting. So both guys have had just bad stretches uh, to start the season. So first through the first 37 games, Trey Young was not that great. Uh, for, through the first th- 36 games, Luka Doncic was fantastic. And then, you know, mm-hmm. the past 15 games, Luka hasn't been great. And in the past you know, 18 games for Trey Young, he's been phenomenal. So I think, you know, it's, it's a tale of two seasons. I think just overall, though, you have to give it to Luka Doncic. I, and I, I just personally can't take in the, the professional background of that. Um, because, yes, it was an easier for Luca to start, but you still have to perform. Oh, and I'm not saying, like, that's for sure, like, oh, I'm going to give Trey an easier route from the beginning and give him a little. But it's like I personally, from what I've seen lately, I'm just throwing a dart at the board, and I like Trey Young better, so I'll give it to Trey. But I'll, I would love to give just co-rookie of the years. And we'll they see, both deserve it. And we'll see your feelings uh, when we come to what boys. Because mm-hmm. uh, you, 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 not to spoil anything, but uh, spoiler, rookie has Trey Young as his wet boy. But he I, was um, the first one to give Luca a wet boy. Two wet boys. I'm giving him two wet boys. Before, before Trey got his. But that was because Luca Doncic was so damn good. Uh, but let's move now to uh, six man of the year. Uh, Eric Gordon, Rajon Rondo, and Isaiah Thomas were all of our choices. All of those mm-hmm. are wrong. They were uh, all hurt, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, who is right now the lead for your six minutes? Lou, Lou Will. Will. Okay. <laughs> this is a non-discussion in my mind. Lou Will, his only competition is Trez, who is his teammate, who is not going to win it because Lou Will's just been better. Ask me in February, I would have said Derrick Rose. Honestly? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It would have been Derrick Rose uh, for that. Before, but, he, like, 
turn into complete ass. Well, yeah, he well, he, can, he, he got hurt more, <laughs> which is sort of what he does. Well, no, but, but I mean, we like, know that. You even look at his like three point percentage. I think there was yeah, a stat we, where he's like he was like O of like seventy or something. Yeah, like, he three. literally is just. He I would have loved to ice cold. Yeah. D Rose, but it's he went out. from like shooting like forty six percent from three, and we're like Derek Rose took that all that time off and learned to shoot, and I was like. Oh wait, Derrick Rose just really got lucky to start the season, uh-huh. and now he's like, "If I only take two a game, how much can I hurt my percentage?" Yeah, right, guys. Here's so in, in the 18 <laughs> games from uh, January 15th to uh, March 10th, uh, he was one of five, o of three, o of four, o of three, o of one, o of two, o of two, o of one, o of two, o of two, one for three, o for o, o for o, o for two, o for one, you o saw for the one, confidence, o for one, o for one, o for two, o for o. Uh, so yeah, he just he just fell off the map. But to end the season, is he shooting above like thirty seven percent from three? What's his percentage from three? Is it thirty? D Rose. Yeah, it's point zero five seven. It's five percent from three. Oh no, I'm saying what's his three point percentage for the season? Thirty seven. Yeah. So when everybody turns around and looks at it, it's like, oh, Derek Rose, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we thought he was a terrible shooter. But, like, this is a problem with stats. Like like you said, tale of two seasons. This man was electric to start the season. He had that it factor. There was something about Derek Rose and those teams that worked. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, never mind. He, he regressed to the mean. And maybe not quite all the way down if he because he's missing the rest of the season. It's weird, too, because for Lou Williams, like, I don't feel like I want to give it to him just because he's won it so much. Uh, but but it's also and it's also like he's so important that team, so it feels like he shouldn't. But also again, he's like not a starter, so that's the whole point of it. But it's like a gimmick move because you know he deserves to start. It's just he works so much better with a second unit against yeah. second units. Mm-hmm. And it's weird too because you're always just like he had to have a start in there once, and he has he, literally zero starting games. And then, he's not uh, starting a single game for the Clippers this it, year. It feels kind of gimmicky, kind of like when uh, was it the Marlins who were starting relievers to start games? The Rays. The Rays, the Rays did started. that. Yeah, yeah they're using uh, closers to start games. And it was like, I don't know how to feel about this, but it sort of makes sense in the back of my head. Funny thing about that, if you look at fantasy baseball, <laughs> the guy who was their closer that started so many games, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to pick him up because he's got so many wins. Yeah, the only reason he had wins is because he would start the first inning, they'd get a lead, and then he'd get the win because yeah. he'd keep it. No, I mean, it's just, but it, it is, it's a strategy mm-hmm. and it works for the Clippers. And no one Dude, saw that. Fi- that final shot he hit, like, what was that, a week ago? Yeah. Like, oh, I can't. Now, now I'm going to look it up who the Clippers are well, playing. Here's the thing, I think, for let's just give a top five because mm-hmm. I think everyone's going to have Lou Williams. Uh, the top five would pretty much be, and this is according to mm-hmm. uh, uh, most points, rebounds, and assists per game uh, for all the six man candidates. Uh, Lou Will is the leader, uh, Demonte Sabonis, Montrose yes. Harrell. Derrick Rose and Spencer Dinwiddie, who uh, Derrick Rose obviously been injured, uh, Dinwiddie obviously been injured as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that takes both of them out. So then it really left to Sabonis, Williams, and Harrell. And uh, Sabonis was playing though this yeah, year. Sabonis has been fantastic for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, you look at just the fact that the Clippers are probably doing more with less. Oh. And a lot of that has to do with William. Yeah. Williams. No, it's not I mean, like the Pacers we, are playing with a ton of talent. Yeah. Like, as soon I mean, as Vic went down, but they, they've been still as good. Well, so, there's a small bump there. But the fact that yeah. the, the small it's only a small bump and not a sharp I, decline is I huge. agree with you. Um, yeah, no, I thought the Clippers were giving up and going for the draft pick when they traded Toby. I was like, oh, smart move. Mm-hmm. Go get that draft pick. You know, keep building up the team. Uh, instead, they're like, you know what? We're just going to win with a roster of fucking role players. <laughs> Man, I would hate to face. Like, I, I get it because it's the West. Everybody's like. They're probably the easiest out in the first round, but I'm like, I would be terrified to play them in the first round. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, they have been on such a tear, and it's just, things work. Like, it's just, everybody knows their role, and they got different guys who can step up at different times. Gallo has been shooting lights out. Healthy Gallo is disgusting. And we're probably, if the playoffs started today, 
Portland Clippers. Which that's they're moving a on. matchup. Yeah. The Clippers are moving on. Yep. That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of want to pick without Nurkic, Nurkic, but I know. CJ's not fully healthy yet? Yeah, without Nurkic and CJ fully healthy, the Clippers win that in like six. And that game was the one Maybe where they played the Nets, mm-hmm. where D'Lo dropped 32, yeah. and then Lou Will's like, hey, I called game. <laughs> yeah. All right. So your sixth man of the year is Lou Williams. So let's it's move to most locked in. Let's mm-hmm. move, lose, move to most improved player. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple guys out here uh, for sure. Pa- Pascal Siakam has to be one of them. Spicy P. Um, two kings, I think. Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox need to be up there. Um, there's uh, more than I'm, I'm forgetting. Give Ricky the credit for Zach Levine. Zach Levine, uh, I'll give that as well. Um, that's that's a a really uh, a big one out there. Yeah, that was, um, that was a good call. And then I think the other one, I, I know I'm missing a big big one too. People have talked uh, about D'Lo. Uh, progressing, going from you know a, a questionable starter on that team where they had you know so many guards to being mm-hmm. an all-star and really finding his own uh, team really at that point. I think you could also throw one out there with uh, with um, Nikola uh, Nikola Vucevic as well. Vucevic, uh, Vuce is now a, a, a what's it called an all-star. Um, there's one big one I'm forgetting. So just jump in and give me who you think so far. I mean, it's it's tough to look past Pascal Siakam. Because he has been so good for that Raptor team. And the problem is the whole team is like amazing. They are a loaded team top to bottom. We talked about their amazing depth coming into the season. And I joked, I was like, you know, we're being too positive. What if these guys regress? And, you know, we all had OG and Anubi pegged as like the, he's going to learn under Kawhi Leonard. And this is going to be great. This could be like Danny Granger, you know, mm-hmm. Paul George-esque, where it's just like there's just might be a handoff in the future. We'll all feel real good about this. Instead, it's like, no, Pascal Siakam kicked the fucking doors down. And he's like, so guess what, guys? I'm a big who can guard one through five. I can ball handle. I can run the fast break. And I'm, I'm freaking unstoppable with the ball in my hand at times. His shot's gotten better. In the games that he's played in without Kawhi Leonard, I think he's putting up like 23 points a game and eight boards and two assists. Like He is legitimately talented. And he's someone who was in the G League a couple years ago. So I just... The man has gone from nothing to everything in such a short amount of time. The guy I was thinking of was D'Angelo Russell. I don't know why. Oh, okay. It just didn't click my head when you said that. Um, but, yeah, no, Siakam's been f- phenomenal. I mean, yeah. you didn't expect that. Um, he was a first-round pick, uh, 27th, uh, when they when they drafted him. Um, but he's just taken such a massive leap. Uh, so I think, really, we could put it into categories. And, and Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer already did uh, for us. Um, and he pretty much has the guys that we've already mentioned. Uh, the veteran of Nikola Vucevic um, in that Past winners are Jalen Rose, Daryl Armstrong. You can look at the good stats, good guy, uh, good team guy, uh, D'Angelo Russell, good, uh, CJ McCollum, and Jimmy Butler like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the good stats, bad team guy, Zach Levine, uh, Kevin Love, and Purvis Ellison are those guys. Uh, the sophomore, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Gilbert Arenas, and Monta Ellis won it as sophomores. Um, he threw Paul George in there for the big leap. Giannis won that, and Tracy McGrady won that as well. And then, obviously, the surprise of Pascal Siakam. Uh, winners were like Boris Diaw and Zach Randolph, and he threw an honorable mention to Buddy Heald. So yeah. uh, I think those are probably your players, and I think it really just comes down to are you looking at the biggest surprise, and that's what's most improved, or are you just looking at clearly like you know stats, like, hey, Zach mm-hmm. Levine is now a number one every, scorer on a like team. Like every single stat. I'm looking at yeah. right now. Every single one, and the turnover one. Is the negative because you want that to go down? But he was asked basically um, to be a point guard. Exactly. Half the season. I mean, he to me bias totally in it, but also bias aside, <laughs> I would give it to Zach Levine. You had, as, what he's at, done. you had him as a top ten player. I know because so, he is a top ten player. Not. <laughs> but yeah, I'd give it. Zach Levine is the clear most improved player. D'Lo would be the only one. Like I would go Zach Levine, D'Lo, and then. Doesn't matter who you put at three because those spicy are the only P. two that count. Sure, spicy P. 
I mean, look, I just I, I love D'Lo, and I because that was one of the ones where yeah. you and I were going between Brandon Ingram and D'Angelo Russell mm-hmm. as we both had him pegged to take the next step, being twenty point a game scores. But like, I just I don't know, man. I think that Pascal's been so good this year. D'Lo D'Lo really got lucky with, and I hate saying this, the Karis LeVert injury. Yeah, like. Karis LeVert went down. That team needed someone, mm-hmm. and it was either him well, or Spence. And, Den- and then Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie goes down. down. Yeah, and it's really like, okay, D'Lo, you got to carry this team. And they're now a playoff team in the East, which they I know East looked dangerous, like, but he he really does like just, he's one of the most disgusting shooters in the league. One guy I think too that also needs to be in contention and maybe just some respect is yeah. Blake Griffin. Um, just overall, he's, he's been he's improved like he's mm-hmm. he's become a better ball handler he's, yeah he's pretty worked much on a, his three points he's pretty much a point forward yeah he's yep. a good three-point shooter like people are sleeping on blake because he's playing in detroit and he's not mm-hmm. you know on sports center every night because you know of lob city yeah um but literally like, blake griffin has become a completely different player if you ask people five years ago what blake griffin would be they probably just think he's oh he's that guy that dunks he's much more than that yeah now. um so i think blake griffin just deserves a lot of credit for working on his game um if i had to rank him i'd probably put siakam d'lo and then um, I don't buy Paul George just because I knew he could do this. Yeah. Um, I just don't. He's, he's played better, but he, he still... also had a massive injury, and now he's yeah. like pretty much fully healthy. Yep. Got hit two years with Russ. Um, that, that one's not too shocking. Um, I think it makes sense too because Buddy Heald though, like that's the one where I I'm would, like, I would take that De'Aaron. man has shot lights out. Mm-hmm. I would take De'Aaron over him. I think that Buddy, we saw that in Buddy before. Um, and it was just more of getting consistency, which is huge. Yeah. Um, you need to be consistent to be a great NBA player, and Buddy Heald has clearly done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but De'Aaron literally just took his three-point shot and, and his shooting in general uh, to another level. Yeah. Um, so I would say ranking them, uh, and I, I don't really care. Like, some people don't like giving it to a sophomore because it's natural progression, but mm-hmm. that's not natural progression. That's working your ass off. Um, I would rank it Siakam, D'Lo, and then Jaron Fox as my, my top three. Um, but we'll see. And then let's move now to Coach of the Year. This one's probably the toughest for me, and we're already at an hour, so uh, let's kind of make it a little bit quick. Mm-hmm. Um, who is your top three for uh, for Coach of the Year and rank them in order? To me, there, to? to me, there's only two. Like, there's a choice what? between Bud. There's a choice between Michael Malone. That's it. Which one do you want to give it to? I'm well, why, it why those two? Because Bud and Hoser comes in, and like Dave said with Giannis earlier, Basically, it was like, hey, I'm going to be the keys to get you, like, bring the most out of you. And we went from a seven seed to the one seed. And like Dave said, blowing out opponents left and right this year. Yeah. And then, like, the nuggets of, like, yeah, natural progression. That team's going to get better with age. But what he's been able to do to make them rival the Warriors to where the Nuggets could be the one seed. And that's what I mean by rival the Warriors yeah, by right getting now. the mm-hmm. one seed. That, in my mind, are the two you give it to. I give it to Bud because bringing the potential out of Giannis is a little bit better to me than bringing well, the potential why, out of that Nugget team. Why not Nick Nurse? Because I know people are going to be saying, well, last year the the Raptors were great too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, this, I mean, this is a guy dealing with his star not playing every single game in Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard. He's dealing with a guy, we clearly see the step Pascal Siakam's taken underneath him. Uh, he's revitalized Danny Green. Hey. I think Nick Nurse deserves some credit here. Dwayne Casey with DeMar DeRozan got him to a one seed. Like, you got Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, but you just got rid of the face of the franchise no. in DeMar DeRozan. Now and you added Kawhi Leonard. Like, I know the not whole, playing every single game. By your choice. It's not like he's injured. Mm, by the f- You're giving front him, office's choice. Exactly. I think if Nick Nurse yeah. had the choice, he'd be playing. No, I know. <laughs> but, like, it's the team's choice. They're sitting him. So, I don't. Like, yeah, you can say I'm being mean to Nick Nurse. But, like, Dwayne Casey got fired for being coach of the year. For what he did last year, yeah, so kinda... you're a two seed. Sorry, I've got yeah. no I think he deserves you. some credit, and I don't think it's down to two guys. I think mm. that 
Budenholzer's up there. I think that uh, you have to look at Nate McMillan uh, in Indiana. The fact that this team is fifth has clinched a playoff spot already, um, and they lost their best player. That definitely Pretty deserves early, yeah. to be a, a Coach of the Year candidate. Um, I think uh, Scott Atkinson—is uh, it Scott Atkinson? No, uh, it's, it's, who's Atkinson from the fucking Nets? Uh, what's his first name? It's not Scott. I think it's, it's Steve. Steve. Sean. It's an S. What is it? I attached a net coach instead of Nets coach. It's Kenny. Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson. Uh, it's totally an S, Sean. It's not an S. Uh, Kenny Atkinson. Uh, Sean Marks Steve is their GM. Sean Marks is their GM. God damn it, Kenny Atkinson. Uh, I think uh, uh, Mike Malone uh, for uh, Denver definitely needs to be up there. Um, you probably should look at Doc Rivers as well um, and, yeah. and with the Clippers. And Jaeger would be there if they're a playoff team. Uh, the fact that they're still 37 or 38 should give him hit, hit him some contention too. Uh, my leader, though, would probably be Doc Rivers. Right now, the fact that this team has just been so consistent throughout the year, uh, they really haven't taken a dip. They've been in pretty much the playoff race of either eight or nine or higher um, throughout the whole season. That's without a star. That's with trading their best player away in Tobias Harris. It's trading away a key bench player in Boya, uh, Boban. Mar- Mar- Boban. 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 And then uh, Toby and Toby. I mean, the fact that Best show this team YouTube. is still you know forty five and thirty one, uh, fourteen games above five hundred. That's absolutely incredible for me. So I'd, I'd probably lean Doc Rivers uh, with the Clippers for Coach of the Year. I want to like Doc Rivers, but I pure straight hate him still. Like it's it's a for long the Bulls, time Celtics. thing. Yeah, it's it's a long time grudge, and it's just something I'm not ready to get over yet. I will respect him as a coach right now. He's someone who I wanted fired in the past from the Clippers. Uh, for him not being able to get over the hump. I did too. But, yeah, you can't disagree that his work this year has been nothing short of incredible. Well, and you look at this, too. You put a competent guy in the front office. You're not giving this guy two two jobs. And, and Doc Rivers, you put, give him a Jerry West-type figure. You get rid of his son. And it's incredible. Yeah, you get rid of his son. I think that's the biggest one. Yeah. Negative uh, 14 win share for uh, Austin Rivers. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think I think Doc Rivers is probably my guy. I, I'd probably rank it uh, Doc Rivers, Bud Budenholzer, and then probably Nate McMillan as my one, two, three. I am taking the easy out and taking Bud. Like, I, I spoke highly of him earlier. I really do respect what he did. I mean, he took the Atlanta Hawks, I know, back in the day, uh, and, you know, made them an all-star team of role players. And now he's taken a team of guys uh, in Eric Bledsoe, basically. Al Horford's still been an all-star without him. <laughs> I know. But it, it's still the fact that it's like, come on, man. You got, you got Corv, Corver in the all-star Jeff team. T, Jeff T, Corver, yeah. and Millsap. Yep. Horford, yeah. That, that was insane. Uh, so when you can take a team of those caliber players and bring them to the all-star level i mean yeah i'm not gonna talk about the playoffs because that did not end well for them but at the same time when you look at the players he's now working with in milwaukee and it's just like dude if you got that out of them in atlanta think about what you can do with Giannis, chris mid the president and eric bledsoe then you added in obviously brooke lopez and meritage to stretch to space the floor and stretch things out like he is working on a different level he's pushing this team in different directions like Everything he's gotten out of them has just been uh, unexpected from everybody in the league. So I, I have to go with he is in his own tier in my mind. I do agree Doc Rivers has been great. I think that I, I don't really love Nate McMillan because I feel like that's more of a, yeah, it's not worked out, but Indy was always like a middle team thinking that Boyan would be mm-hmm. their go- go-to guy when Vic goes down, though. Didn't see that coming. What the hell happened to Tyreek Evans? Uh, <laughs> he's trash. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't. I think he's in the middle. But, no, I think it's it's Bud and that's everybody else. All right. Final thoughts on the award races? No. Like, I think we went through everything. All right. Uh, let us know your picks for the uh, MVP, the six-man, 
the uh, coach of the year, the most improved player, and defensive player of the year uh, down in the comments below. Uh, we want to definitely hear from you guys. Uh, this was way longer than we definitely expected yeah. at a uh, mm-hmm. hour and 11. Wow. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoyed all that content. But let's move into our favorite weekly segment. This is Wet Boys. This is where we talk about the dampest of dudes, the soggiest of shooters, the moistest of men. This is where we give praise to the guys who absolutely went off in the past week, had historic performances, crazy stat lines, uh, just wild and out, uh, getting points, getting buckets left and right, uh, or, you know, uh, did something heartwarming. I don't know what the fuck this is, that, is for. Is that Nick Cannon? Wild player of the out? week, pretty much. Was that Nick Cannon who was the host of Wild and Out? I believe so. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ricky, start us off with your wild and out point. No, I'm giving it to the rookie of the year, and that would be <sighs> Trey Young. I mean, he has been balling out the ever <laughs> since the All Star break. I mean, basically, it was I want to say his second game this week. He just he. I was like, I'm giving it to Trey Young. I don't care what he does the rest of the week. I'm giving it to Trey Young, and he's been balling out thirty and ten and five rebounds. Gonna win rookie of the year. Although I'd love to give it co besties Luca and Trey at the loser talk. <laughs> co besties, Dave. Co besties. Here's a shower thought though, and I almost threw this out the last segment, but I thought you guys would think it was stupid. So mm-hmm. in between, I asked you guys, and Sean said it was a good oh, you idea. Have to Could you imagine alternate reality? Jimmy Harden, James Butler. <laughs> like if their it's, names were switched. It's the dumbest thing I've heard, but also it really makes me think like. They'd be different people. It just sounds like, weird. James Butler. I, I don't. I don't know. There's just something like way too stern and serious about that. But it's funny because like Jimmy's personality on the court yeah. is so like locked in and intense. James. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But Jimmy Harden. No, <laughs> Jimmy Harden with a step back three. Jimmy don't like that. I, that, that what if it was just Jim Harden and Jim Butler? Ugh, Jim. That's a lose. I think I'm glad there's no Jim. There's a Jimmer, there's a Jimmy, and there's a James, but there's no Jim in the league, and <laughs> that's anymore. that's what I'm thankful of. Uh, I think there was Jim James, right? There used to be Jim James. Uh, I think he was a part of the uh, the Fab Five, uh, but I don't think there's any Jims in the league, which I'm, I'm very not right now. Uh, but that's that's a great thought. Uh, it would totally flip. Uh, bizarre. I, if 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 he was Jimmy Harden, he would not be my MVP. Yeah, we'll put it that way. Uh, Dave, give us your uh, your what boy. I'm taking the nice route here because I really really think that this is a guy who has been overlooked for his whole career. Actually, he just he worked for it. Quidditch beyond, he worked for it. And Bruno Caboclo has been playing up to a level which I don't know if anyone ever he thought he'd get there. For the but money. truly, to the to the calendar, two years away from being two years away when he was drafted. <laughs> And this guy is balling out. He's shooting from three, which is incredible. He's putting the ball on the court, which I didn't know he could really do uh, because I, I just didn't didn't know if he'd ever have it in him. But he can take the ball on the court. He can shoot from the outside. He's play, He's putting it all together right now. And a lot of this uh, credit, I think, needs to go to uh, – I'm going to fuck up because I don't remember the coach's name. Ooh. Who – the former coach of the 905 Raptors uh, from Toronto. Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse. Assistant right now for – Obviously, the Grizzlies, like, it's just he's put it together for him and those two guys together. I really think Bruno's got a, a bright future in front of him, so I'm hopeful that he keeps it going. Yeah, it's been impre- it's been fun to watch. And he's got really. the Suns tonight, so, like, you know that, like, he had decent stats last week. He had two good games. Dave's like, I'm going to pick him. This can't. is like a preemptive. Like, we're recording this on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> He's going to put up some great numbers against the Suns. Well, hopefully he comes. I, I like I like these guys who get like shit on for most of their career. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and then actually turn it on. Like it's it, it's good to see. Like I'm I'm, I'm happy for Bruno. And when I saw him like had a joke. points, I was like, holy shit. He was a joke for like a couple of years, mm-hmm. and now he's like a legit NBA starter. It's you, awesome. We get late in the season. Like I I usually end up. I try to watch highlights every single night. 
Um, and usually, like, you know, sometimes some nights just I like, can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but when I saw Bruno drop twenty four, I was like, yeah, I gotta yeah, watch you gotta this watch shit. That, I gotta yeah. watch this shit. Uh, so before you get to that boy, though, yep. the most famous famous gyms in sports, Jim Brown, Jim McMahon. You've got Jim McMahon, Jim Harbaugh, um, Jim Abbott, Jim Beheim, and I think I'm missing one, but I don't think I do. So mm-hmm. Jim Beheim, Jim Abbott. Jim Brown and some good gyms. Jim Harbaugh. Some good gyms. Yep. That's and just also, the gyms, not James and, and Jim Ross. I, I fucked up. Uh, Fab Five Ross. was uh, Jimmy King and yep. uh, Ray Jackson. So yep. if you combined it, it would be Jim Jackson, uh, not Jim James. Uh, but still, completely wrong. Yep. Uh, let's move down to my whip boy. Uh, it is the guy who's most deserving, and nobody wanted to give it to him. I get it. He lost three games, but yeah, also Dave that's good. Dave asked in the text group who wants to take him. I was going to take him anyways. Okay. Before, before you said that, I was going to take him. Uh, and, and again, like you're saying, oh, he shouldn't get it because he lost. That's what this team's supposed to be doing. This team is supposed to be tanking. This team is supposed to be bad. It's Devin Booker of the goddamn Phoenix Suns averaging 47 points per game, six assists, five boards, 53% from the field, and 36% from the three. He had fucking 50 and 59. Like, this guy's phenomenal. Is, I get it. He's, he's the great... worst person ever put up 50, back-to-back 50-point games, lose both of them. I mean, like... Who, he, who are the two other people who put back-to-back 50 games? He's special. So if it's like, if he's in the company of, like, Michael Jordan, oh, no, James Harden, like, yeah, then he's the worst, but, like... I think that's the funny thing about him, because we've never seen someone at such a young age, well, we've rarely seen someone at such a young age put up as many points as efficiently as he is, and it's not super efficient from three anymore, but, like... It's still impressive, but at the same time, he is absolutely trash on defense. And that, that goes to show when you look at the on-off stats for that team. They, they're so much better off with him off the floor. And that's a team with no depth. So I, I don't know. Like, I get it. He, he's a he's an incredible scorer. But I feel like this is, this is different. And this is just kind of sad. He became the first Suns to ever produce back-to-back 50-point performances and was just the 10th player in NBA history do, uh, joining Wilt Chamberlain, uh, heard he's a bum, yep. uh, James Harden, heard he's a bum, Elgin Baylor, heard he's a bum, Kobe Bryant, heard he is also a bum, Michael Jordan, heard he's also a bum, Rick Berry, complete bum, Bernard King, bum, Antoine Jameson, the weirdest name on this list. It is kind of weird. Uh, out of all these guys, because all those guys are Hall of Famers, Antoine's like, he was good. Uh, and then uh, AI. So... Yeah. Pretty did, good company. Did, did they all lose back-to-back games when they put up 50? Uh, I don't have that. No. Those stats. no they, I can tell uh, you that he didn't. is the youngest player to ever do uh, consecutive 50-point outings. Yeah. No, and that's cool. Like, I get it. He, he's a great scorer. But, like, his team's gotten worse every single year he's been in the NBA. And at some point, but also he young has, talent he has, needs to win games. He also has, like, the worst GM and the worst owner. If he was on I'm a different team, I don't think you'd be saying these things. And also, he's still only 22. Yeah. Like, he can become better defensively. He's I, already an elite scorer. Uh-huh. He's an elite scorer. I, I don't disagree with the elite score. Like, it, it's like a worse version of the argument with James Harden when he, like, was not trying on defense, except for the fact that James Harden was winning games. Damn, Antoine James, uh, Antoine Jameson averaged 24 in a season. Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, but, yeah, he did back-to-back games. Uh, he was uh, 24, uh, Antoine Jameson, 51-50, and uh, he won one game by three and then lost the other one against the Supersonics uh, by 16. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, shout-out to uh, to Devin Booker. I don't care if he's bad defensively. What he did was impressive. Uh, he bad, his team's bad. It's all bad. And you know what? His team is bad, and they should be bad because it's going to get them closer to getting they're, help. They're, like, locked Zion in for a top three pick, whatever. Yeah, but, it, well, they're not. Uh, they're not locked the in Bulls for top are... four. Yeah, uh, I mean they could sell the top four. Of the oh, odds no, no. Totally I'm saying like up, from the odds standpoint, like there, there, there's no way to improve their odds at this point yeah. in the season. Well, no, true. there's not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I know. I, I keep forgetting, but yeah, they're they're locked in right now. Yep. Uh, in the top three 
uh, for sure. Uh, and, and they're two and a half games back of the New York Knicks. I still feel like we're still in the mode of last year where the number one pick actually means, means something, something having the number yeah, one no. slot, but it doesn't. Uh, so you're just going to yeah, – it doesn't matter. Whatever. They're just losing games because they're terrible at basketball. You can say it out loud. It's but the they're Suns. also starting Jimmer Fredette, who went 0 of 10. from. That was a feel-good moment. <laughs> Because they want to have Jimmer play against You'll be much better the if Utah was, Jazz. It would, yeah, it'd be better if he was better at basketball. Yeah. It would, it would feel would real great. good if he was better at basketball. But instead, um, it's like, you know, a feel-good moment for him. You got more gym stuff for us, or are you good? No, I'm good. We're out of gyms. I'm looking to choose. Oh, nice. I'm, I got to buy my uh You look at Jimmer? You look so, at Jimmers? Here's the thing, and this is totally not Jimmer basketball, but I'm going to say it anyways. Oh. You know what I just noticed that kind of ticks me off? What's that? So the new Adidas Ultra Boosts came out, yeah. Game of Thrones style. Yep. My House Lannister ones, mm-hmm. only women's. So I have to look now to see what my size would be in a you woman's shoe. Are you going to buy a woman's shoe? Dude, have you not seen the House Lannister no, shoes? I don't They're care. baller AF. Oh, All right, that's a me. great place to end this. Oh, wait, we can't end it because we got to do fantasy. Uh, fantasy <laughs> updates. Uh, I wish it really could kill this segment after that one. Uh, Those are only in. Uh, we're in second place. Uh, women's running. <laughs> we're in second place. Uh, super hippo. Uh, currently in first. One point. Uh, one hundred two points. Uh, one hundred two and a half points. Uh, in first place. Uh, the big thing that we're just going to focus on because we got two weeks left. Uh, we're not really going to be able to improve our field goal percentage. We might be able to. Uh, we're in like. 10th place, uh, but any points will help. Uh, we're currently sitting at 46.47%, and Team Grantham's at 46.75%. Uh, and then Blocks, we are also closing in. Uh, Team Corrupt has 481. We have 477. So those are the two that we can make up ground in. Uh, Three-point percentage, we might be able to. We're at 37.04. Uh, big Ballers are at 37.81. So they're going to need a bad night, and we're going to need some good ones. Yeah. Uh, but the big thing's going to be blocks. So we went out and made some moves. Uh, we picked up the guys with the most blocks uh, in the league right now. Uh, we dropped Marco Bellinelli. We dropped Devin White, and we picked up uh, or Derek White, uh, and we picked up Jakob Pertl and JaVale McGee. So we're starting all centers pretty much uh, to win this league. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be uh, a battle. Advanced analytics, man. But we'll see. We got we got to make up two and a half points. Hopefully, uh, uh, Super Hippo also falls off. We got we should see where he's he's failing. Where he might uh, take a slip up. Um, he might. He's get he's getting chased right now by Kyle Craig. Uh, Super Hippo has four thousand six hundred seventy six field goals made. Oh uh, seventy sixers have four thousand six hundred sixty five made. Uh, so he's got an eleven point lead on the field goals made. So that's got to hopefully flip for them mm-hmm. uh, for us to win that. And then uh, that's pretty much about it. Uh, his team's really good. Uh, he's not going to get caught in blocks. He's not going to get caught in uh, steals uh, at all. Um, assists, too. He's got a pretty decent... Oh, he might flip and sit assists. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Super Hippo and Just Incredibles. Uh, they both have 2,529,000 uh, assists this year. Uh, so he might... If he, We just need him to you know really stop getting any assists. Uh, in Atlanta, Just Incredible, two flip. Yeah. So we need them to separate. Here's hoping. Uh, so it, it's going to be tough. We'll, we'll keep you updated, though. Uh, throughout the uh, fantasy update, so uh, two Ricky, more weeks, we're nearly there. We're, we're mm-hmm. almost there. Uh, you got a conclusion on the shoe thing, or can we end it? No, you can end it. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, let us know your wet boy of the week uh, down in the comments below. But let's move into the next topic, and we are talking about the Dallas Mavericks pick. Um, this has been something that you guys have wanted us to talk about in the uh, in mailbag and the mock draft. So we'll give it a whole segment. Uh, to make sure that you guys get that fill. Currently, the Dallas Mavericks are 29 and 46. They are in sixth uh, to last in the NBA, so they're sixth in the uh, Tankathon standings. Uh, and then, if you're looking at the Atlanta Hawks, they are fifth, uh, just above them by uh, 
two and a half games. Uh, so the Hawks are at 27 and 49. Um, and right now, obviously, that's a big deal in the lottery standings because Dallas traded their pick to Atlanta, if you do not know, uh, in the Luka Doncic Trey Young trade. It was the uh, future uh, 2019 first uh, round pick for the Dallas Mavericks going to the Atlanta Hawks, but it is top five protected. So right now, the Mavericks have a 70, uh, 37.2% chance to be in the top four and a 9% chance to be first overall. Clearly, these fans want to keep their pick. The Dallas Mavericks franchise has pretty much been tanking uh, since the uh, post-All-Star break. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, they were 23-28 and 28, uh, on February 1st, and now clearly they've just fallen off the map, only winning uh, six games since then. Uh, so we look at the Mavericks. They're tanking. They want to get that top five pick, so that does not transfer. It you know waits until next year. Think about that. You walk away with Luka Doncic. I know it wasn't included in the deal, but you'll get obviously one of the potential best young players in the league. I mean, I just ooh, that, that would be fantastic if they can walk away with two top five picks. Well, if they walk away with and two then, top five picks and Kristaps Porzingis, yeah, and KP. they'll still have uh, a ton of cap room. Yep. So this is huge for them. Uh, if they, if they get this, this could be this a could completely be a franchise fran- changing. Damn. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I uh, don't mm-hmm. worry. Uh, this is just a move because you know Luca is clearly ready to take this team far. Um, they've just throttled his chances. Kristaps uh, Rosingas is still extremely young. If he's healthy, he's going to be great. Um, and if they get a player like a Zion Williamson, if they get a player like an R.J. Barrett, uh, like a Ja Morant, um, that might not work too well, but we'll talk, obviously. Uh, that might really just change their future completely. So let's talk about it. Um, right now, the way it lays out, uh, they have 90 chances uh, in the lottery, um, or 90 combinations, as, as we'll say it. That's yep. what we did last year. Uh, so they have 90 combinations. Uh, they have a 9% chance to get the first overall pick. A 9.2% chance to get the uh, second overall pick, a 9.4% chance to get the third overall pick, a 96 chance to get the fourth overall pick. And here's the thing is they cannot get the fifth overall pick. So um, pretty much the way it lays out is uh, the f- number one team, so the Knicks right now, cannot get anything lower than the fifth pick. Uh, the Suns right now can't get anything lower than the sixth pick. Uh, I think the, who's that three? The Cavs. The Cavs can't get anything lower than the seventh pick. The Bulls can't get anything lower than right. the uh, eighth pick. It's a four-spot shift. Mm-hmm. That, that's the cap. Uh, so that's pretty much the thing is where uh, it picks up for the Mavericks is uh, they can get one through four, and then they can get six through ten, uh, and they can't fall any, any lower than that. So what if they land in that top four? What if they hit on that 37.2% chance of getting in the top four? Mm-hmm. What will happen to this franchise? What's the move? Um, and let's just go through every single pick. So yeah. if they get the number one pick, they get Zion Williamson. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean, that that's just a game changer because he's, A, the most entertained player in college basketball. Today. He's the greatest player of my lifetime, at least in the college basketball game. I, I didn't see Shaq. I didn't see, um, you know, uh, good old Kareem out there. Um, I didn't see, like, the goats of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmelo in college. I was I, Fab five. incredible. I was six. Like the, I um, know that was a group, but like yeah, yeah I was six. Uh, Anthony Davis, I guess, but mm-hmm. I, I still put Zion. He over was Anthony in a different Davis. category. Yeah, um, just incredible what Zion's been doing. It's it's been phenomenal. Yeah, I think that his addition to that team makeup, Luca, Zion, KP, would just be insane because you can run the fast break with Zion. 
obviously physically he is so imposing and i know this is him versus college kids but it's not that much different in the nba because guess what he's still bigger than 85 percent of the league probably <laughs> he's only heavier more. he's only uh he's his second gonna be the high, next to bobby heavy, yeah if behind bobby he said he's like at like 275 right now so you know he took a little bit off the top yeah. during the season with all that cardio um so yeah he'll still be able to body people up and he's still an absolute brick shit house when it comes to driving to the basket so I think it would be awesome for them defensively. It gives them a lot because he he plays team defense like nobody we've seen. Mm-hmm. He's taking jumps at guys at the three point line from the freaking paint. Like I mean, it's the latest block edition, but the yeah. block yesterday against Virginia Tech, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna meet the ball at the highest point off the backboard. Yeah, no, he he just no has chance. a knack for it. So I think him with KP potentially would be one of the sickest defensive combos in the NBA. But also, just they would have so much work because he can score inside kp can score outside mm-hmm. and inside luca distributing to two guys instead of no guys right now like team would be amazing i think they would be back in as like an eighth seed or a seventh seed mm-hmm. even in the in the west which is insane to say out loud but think about all the free agents too so mm-hmm. there's a lot there's a lot riding on this but i think zion absolutely is the can't miss number one pick right well duh that's why yeah. we've had like he is the one number one regardless of team you yep. take him you take him number yeah. one, and you are happy to well, take. Well, how would how would Luca and, and Zion play next to each other? Because let, let's say Kristaps doesn't come back right away, we see mm-hmm. just pretty much these two, uh, regardless of the free agent spot. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, let's let's disregard that. Let's say they get Luca. Let's say they get Zion. Let's say they get Kristaps Porzingis. What kind of player would you put uh, put next to those three? Uh, take in the current roster. Take in uh, you know those three players. What player type are you trying to add? Are you trying to add a shooter from the outside? Are you trying to add a guard um, who's great defensively? Uh, are you trying to add just a 3 and D wing? Like, what's what's the addition they need to make to this team? Because they got rid of Harrison Barnes. They got rid of Wesley Matthews. Um, they currently have Courtney Lee um, on, on uh, yeah, contract until next, next year. year. Yeah. Um, they have uh, Maxi Claver. Uh, they have mm-hmm. uh, Tim Hardaway Powell Jr. as well. Uh, they have Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, what player type would you add next to Luca, Zion, and Kristaps? To answer your question, I'm just going to let uh, Tim Kalishaw answer it for you because I'm God. looking at a. This is the Sports Day Dallas News interviewed him, and they're like, What do the Mavs need to surround Luca with in order to maximize his talent? Kalishaw, shooters. He might lead the league in assists or at least be competing for a top spot with a better perimeter shooter. A healthy Porzingis will be one of those. Someone with a higher efficiency than Tim Hardaway Jr. would help a shooting guard. It's basically LeBron James. Uh, shooters. You build the team the same same build as LeBron. I mean, I don't think LeBron's ever had anybody quite like KP on his team. Obviously, mm. Chris Bosh worked well you know, when healthy, but KP's a different monster defensively than Bosh was. So I, I think that if you add another wing shooter out there, or, or even a combo guard shooter, like that's that's ideal for this team, and, and that's why for me with the Mavericks, were um, I was gonna bring this up, didn't know if I wanted to bring it up with Zion because of course I wouldn't do this for Zion, but anything less than that, an option for this Mavs team, let's say they get two, three, four, or five, I would think about trading, where it was like kind of like a trade that we saw last year, where instead of the Mavs moving up, they would be like the Hawks, where like hey. If we can, like, especially at two, if they get two and Jaws on the board, mm-hmm. call the Suns up, call the Bulls up. Hey, you guys want to move up? We're open for business, and they could still get a guy that is a good shooter with a lesser pick while adding more draft ca- draft capital for the future to help build around, around Luka even more. Well, here, well, 
I think the big question then would how how and this is kind of what I was asking mm-hmm. and I fucking flipped it, but uh, how would Luca and Zion play next to each other? If we're saying Serrano was shooter, Zion is clearly not a shooter. So how yeah, would that work? but I mean um, you're not gonna like you're, you're not, not gonna, gonna pass them on one. You're not gonna, gonna trade out. How would they work? I'm not saying that you shouldn't draft them. Yeah, how I would just they think work that next to each other? It's That's more of like instead of getting your big in free agency, mm-hmm. you got them in the draft, and it's not like Zion. Can't develop a shot. I've been the one on the podcast push like low arcing three pointer they hit last night. The way I see Zion developing a shot is kind of like what you talked earlier about with Blake Griffin, where like I could see Zion developing not a knockdown jumper, but a shot to where Luca can still get him the ball. And I don't think it would be a bad thing to have them play next to each other. You're just getting arguably the two best players from the last two draft classes on your team. Blake was still just much a much more just clean shooter though. Like Zion's form is garbage. Uh yeah, Blake had Blake, Blake had, had that a, mid-range we, shot that he built out, and the shot motion, like you said, was clean, and he was just able to extend that over time and yeah. really add that volume to it. But we've also seen guys like Buddy Heald, who was shooting with the wrong hand as a freshman. But that's sophomore. not that's yeah, the problem with Zion. Zion. No, but I'm Zion, saying Zion like, has the wrong form. Zion's but, has but you can triple but you can work with a coach and fix that. It's not like it's oh, but it, you're it's, bad. it's it's much harder than just saying you can fix it. Sean, like, I mean, Triple J shoots a freaking shot put out there, and that thing goes in more. Than, than anybody would have expected at the yeah, NBA level. Yeah, but his base is fine. Like this, his, yeah, his, mean, his base is fine. It that, is that, such a such a low arc shot that like everybody said he needs to fix his shot, but he's hitting effectively at college, and mm-hmm. it was the same you know garbage on Lonzo Ball. I was like, well, the shot motion isn't great, but it's going in. So mm-hmm. like maybe we can just tweak it a little bit. And I think that's essentially the same thing with Zion. Like if he can hit it like a 34 percent, that's fine for Zion Williamson. That's not where he's doing his damage. He's doing his damage in the low post. And on spin moves and on mm-hmm. putbacks and like he is just the high energy guy. Like for this team right now, they've got like Dwight Powell playing like the four right now, mm-hmm. and he's like an insane version of Dwight Powell because yeah. it's just like he's the energy guy who can jump over people to dunk on them. I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing that this would help uh, for for at least Luca would yeah. be Zion's defense. Um, <laughs> that would be a massive uh, yeah. help. To, to Luka Doncic because you know right now Luka's just guarding pretty much anybody I mean like yeah. there's, there's yeah. no really help on him help for him defensively um, adding Chris Stapps, who was a monster uh, at blocking shots when he was fully healthy yeah, um, adding Zion who's probably going to be a defensive player of the year candidate uh, once he walks into the league um, adding that to his team is just going to take off that load for him it's going to make him easy offensively um, and it's really going to help him shine so I think that's going to be the biggest thing uh, addition wise like it's going to help you know, take offensive uh, loads off of him. It's going to help take defensive loads off of him. Yeah. And it's going to make him it, it easier you imagine for him trying, to work. Like, the one thing that I hadn't thought about until right now is, like, can you imagine, like, having, uh coming off of a screen, like a Zion Williamson screen in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to stop some bodies. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about, like, step back threes or curling off of a Zion screen for him, and Luka would just be insane. Like, that's... You can't run around Zion quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that if he – that's the one skill I'd love to see him continue to build on at the NBA level. Like his shot, all that stuff, yes. But the little things like being able to set incredible screens, think of the value that would provide for a team with a shooter and a ball handler as capable as Luka Doncic. Like that would be money for them. And also the fact that you could just have the biggest probably pick and roll outside of Joel Embiid. Like the fact that you have a 6'8 point guard in Luka Doncic and then a 6'9", 275-pound <coughs> monster in Zion yeah. Williamson. And then also you could follow that up with a 7'3 unicorn with Chris yep. Porzingis. Like It would be a the unique connection of talent. Yeah. Is, is going to be crazy. Absolutely. Um, 
I'm not really focused too much on Zion changing his shot because like, <laughs> I think you're, he's a great player whether he does that or not. Um, I, I just think the biggest thing is that I worry about is just like, will there be enough room for him to operate between him and Luka Doncic? And I think there probably will be. Because yeah. you could stretch Kristaps uh, out and, and clearly uh, you're going to be able to, uh, you know, Luka has a, a great shot already from the outside. Um, the biggest thing, though, is just like, will that be enough space for Zion to work? I mean, would it be enough space for Luka to drive in and then dish out, mm-hmm. um, which he is fantastic at doing? Um, but also one thing that you do see a lot with him, and you saw this with DeAndre Jordan, was uh, DeAndre Jordan was just finding spaces where, you know, Luka would drive in and then he'd find spaces and then Luka was great at just like wrapping his arm around and just handing it off to yeah, DeAndre down low. So um, So I think that's going to be something, too, is that um, as long as Zion's moving and staying active out there on the offensive floor, mm-hmm. he will be, Luka will be able to find him. And I think just the pairing would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I think, pretty much what we got to say. I mean, if they get the first overall pick, it's an easy choice uh, for anybody. It's Zion Williamson. Yeah. Uh, anything you guys want to add to that? No. No. All right. Uh, second overall pick. Let's say they don't get him. Who are they going with? Is it R.J. Barrett? Is it Cam Reddish? Is it John Morant? Is it uh, Jarrett Culver? Is it Bull Bull? Like, is that is that what we're gonna do? Uh, is that what we're gonna do? Are we gonna fight See, today? I'm gonna say <laughs> who 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 is the best addition at second overall if Zion's off the board? Nobody you traded if you're number two. There's Why? no there's no one I select at number two because at number two then with Zion off the board. You could get something from the Bulls or the Suns or anybody who wants John Morant. But like, what like, would that something be? Like from the Bulls, what what are they going to give up I, for him? I look at a similar. Trade machine, yeah, I've asked for. Well, it. no, no, no. I I look at a similar thing that the Hawks did last year, mm-hmm. of where it's like, because I'm assuming maybe like the Suns and Bulls aren't too far back. Right. right to where it's let's like just we're going to swap. And let's then just say I they move first down next year. Let's just say they move. Everyone moves yeah. down one. So New York stays there. Uh, Phoenix moves down to three. Cleveland moves down to four. Chicago moves down to five. Uh, so if if it is just a next year swap, mm-hmm. um, how does that help the Mavericks at least this year? Because then that's going to put them back to the fifth overall spot. Well, so who would you think they'd be taking there? And then also, what, what is that? What does that future do mm-hmm. for them? Well, for me, it's the best fit is Jerk Culver. Like that's the guy I want. He mm. can shoot. He can finish around the basket. He doesn't need the ball in his hand, so Luca can be the ball guy to get the assists and get the ball mm-hmm. to Jerk Culver. And he adds defense, and he can be a defensive guy next to Luca, but not have to have some of the issues or some of the problems that you were maybe saying with Zion. That's why me at two, I wouldn't take him at two. I would trade back because I don't think a team would take him at two. Trade back, get an extra pick for next year as well, get who I want this year, and get a pick next I year. I think there's something that helps the, the Mavericks is something that hurts them. The thing that hurts them is they're not a candidate to take John Morant. So Phoenix really doesn't have a need to trade up for them uh, because if they're at three and Dallas is at two, they feel like they'll still be able to get their point guard and John mm-hmm. Morant. However, the thing would be is the Bulls are at five. They still want him, so that might cause competition for him. Uh, so Absolutely. It's, it's bad that the Dallas Mavericks don't need John Morant, but, but it's also good him? that the fact that they well, but it's also good that the fact that uh, the Bulls do and they're mm-hmm. behind Phoenix, they might make a play up for them, but. Let's get to the do, can they use him uh, part for it. What would John Morant be like on Dallas? I think you try to use it similar to what the Houston Rockets are doing with Chris Paul. And I know these, this is not Chris Paul and James Harden, um, but you have to figure that effectively their offense could run in a similar style. Obviously, you have KP down low, which is a different, an entirely different weapon than Clint Capella. But I think the ball handling ability and facilitation from John Rank coming into the league is going to be a lot higher than most people expected. Mm-hmm. Like the dude's averaging 10 assists in college for a reason. <coughs> his shooting is actually better than most people know. It's just there's so much about his game that I think that if you pair him with Luka, yeah, I know ideally you don't want to take the ball out of his hands, but 
if there's one player that I would want, it would probably be John Morant there because mm-hmm. I, I think Jalen Brunson's been an excellent pairing. J.J. Mm-hmm. Barea was an excellent pairing when he was healthy. But someone like John Morant, who can be that true guy who can take over games, who if Luka doesn't have it that night, John Morant has no problem well, carrying the load. And I think well, a big thing, too, that, that stands out to the two guys that you mentioned before we go to Ricky is uh, the, the size of those guards. Jalen yeah. Brunson's not a big guard. Uh, J.J. is not a big guard. And, and John Morant's bigger than those guys, but he's still a very yeah, thin guard. 6'2", 7'5", um, I think. So, I mean, small guards have worked with uh, Luka Doncic before, and I think a big thing, too, is um, you know, he can find him across the court. If, mm-hmm. if he's ISO'd one on one on the opposite side of the court, John Morant can find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. What were you going to say? I was just going to say you mentioned the Chris Paul, James Harden mm-hmm. thing. Luca to me would be more into that Chris Paul because really? I feel like Ja would be the more dominant scorer. And Luca, we, well, we've seen it already. I've seen it where Luca. There was a couple games, or the one that I saw with the one where he pulled the jersey over his face after they lost. Game-winning shot, I'm going to pass it off. It's like, Luca, take the shot. You're the guy. Nope, I'm going to pass it off. This guy's got a better shot, and he missed, and that's where he pulled the jersey over his face because it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe we lost this game. It was like against the Spurs or something. I could see that being where Luca could be like, all right, Ja, take it. And like he would mm, maybe be I, a self, more selfless player than Ja would. I would personally, I ext- because of that, not want Ja on the Mavs. I extremely disagree that that's what how it would play out. Uh, I think Luka is a complete number one scorer. Um, he has had, what, seven, eight games. Eight games of 30-plus points uh, and 41 of 20-plus. Like, Unless you're hoping a, they can be PG and Russ? Um no, I, I don't think there's a, a combination for them out there. I, I, I don't think there's a, there's a clear cut mm-hmm. uh, player combo for them. I, I think the biggest thing that's going to hurt them is defensively. Uh, Luca's too slow uh, to be going up against like LeBron James. Like he puts himself in decent decent position, mm-hmm. but he's not a great enough athlete to defend like the best of the best. Right. Um, and Ja, you know, if he's going up against a James Harden, if he's going up against a bigger guard, he's going to get bullied because um, he's he he's isn't get cooked, he, yeah. he isn't that he isn't that big. Um, he's quick, but he's not big enough to, yep. to go up against those guards. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing that's going to hurt them is defensively. Um, I think offensively would be unique, uh, for sure. I, I think that having Luka, um, I don't know how Ja would play off-ball would be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, that would, that's that, the that would be the right biggest now. thing that would hurt that that pairing. Mm-hmm. And if I was two overall and I wasn't trading, because I think trading mm-hmm. him was a very viable option there, um, I'd probably look at R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Uh, just because he can move the ball. He can. He, we, sh- we saw last night 14 assists. Um, a very willing passer, although you know we keep bringing up Mama eleven. Mattel. I'm sorry, it was eleven, right? Eleven. Yeah, I think you said fourteen. I said fourteen, and um, then I thought I know he up. had nine at some point in the game, and then it yeah. obviously went up because that was like twelve minutes left in the fourth uh, <laughs> in the second. Um, but I, I think with that is is the fact that um, you know he, he's a very willing passer. We keep bringing up Mamba mentality of RJ yep. Barrett, but um, he realizes who he's playing next to against uh, you know with Zion Williamson, and he knows he's got to get him the ball. And Trey Jones is on fire. Uh, he knew he had to get Trey Jones the ball. Uh, and I think I keep wanting to say Trey Young. I was sorry, <laughs> caught up. But Too many I, Trey's. Yeah, uh, he, he knew Trey Jones was uh, on fire, so he was passing the ball off to him and, and himself. He was, you know, really efficient last night. Uh, it wasn't great from three, but um, I think he realizes that Luke is going to be great, and he knows what KP is. So I think he would be a guy that would be a willing passer. And I think RJ, when he's very locked in, can be a good defender. Um, so I think if we're looking at wings, I think that would probably be the biggest addition that they need to make. If it is just Luca and KP mm-hmm. right now, the biggest addition, if they don't get a wing, if they don't have this pick, uh, the biggest thing that they need to look for in free agency will be a wing 
being able to draft a guy like that in RJ Barrett would be huge for them. I think if you have the second overall pick, you go RJ Barrett. Other than the contract, like what what does he add that Tim Hardaway Jr. isn't giving you? Uh, he's bigger immediately. He's a better passer immediately. Um, not not as an efficient. Well, I, I think he might be more efficient near the rim. Um, I, I think he's going to be much better in space and in traffic. I think he's a better free throw shooter right now. Um, I could be 100% wrong on that. I don't know what Tim Hardaway Jr. shoots from uh, the free throw line, uh, but I think he will get to the line more, uh, which will definitely be uh, uh, much... Uh, Hardaway is an 84% on the year at the okay. free throw line. RJ's way worse than that. 34 from three. Um, yeah, RJ's way worse that from that from the line, but he actually goes to the line more than uh, Tim Hardaway does. Uh, or at least I feel like he will at his peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that will at least, again, lead to drawing in, and he is much more a willing passer, it would draw the defense in, and then it obviously lead to kickouts to KP or... Luca and whoever else is on that team, Courtney Lee. Yeah. Um, so I think he does bring a different element to his game of being a longer, more willing passer wing uh, that can really create uh, create more havoc, at least in the paint, and open up more shots on the outside uh, okay. than Tim Hardaway cannot. Tim Hardaway, yeah, much, I mean, when like, he starts Tim driving, Hardaway he starts, is the long term answer, yeah, probably. But... When he has the ball and he's locked in, he's shooting. Yep, uh, and that's that's a big thing. He's not going to be dropping six assists on no no he's not uh so i i would say if you're keeping the second overall pick it's rj barrett and i don't think it's really close unless you have a disagreement there would you go john uh, no, Morant? i would i would take rj barrett over john okay. Morant for the mavs purely on the the team i think that ceiling for both these guys is pretty close um i i lean john ceiling but i think rj barrett works better with the ball out of his hands john mm-hmm. rant's a question we haven't seen him Last year he was a different player. Yeah, you know? clearly you're on the trade the pick. I am. But if, if you if you keep it, would you go RJ Barrett or would you I would, would go, you go John Morant or if, would you go Jared Culver? If yeah. you're putting a gun to my head yep. and said yeah, I can't trade, I'm going. Uh, trades are off. I'm it's going. Two K my I'm league. Trades R- are off. I'm going RJ only because I don't want to take the like. Part of me is like you don't pass over this because like John mm-hmm. could be something special, but I would go at RJ because I think the fit is better. However. I'm turning trades back on. Nope. The Suns are the team that I would target because they are a team that might be okay well, with giving up their pick because they will for sure have the Milwaukee pick next year because I don't see Milwaukee yeah, but, being one through seven. Yeah, but what's the Milwaukee's value of a be like, 27th overall pick? But if you're getting John, top five but if you're getting because John the Suns Morant, are going to be right back there because they suck at basketball. No, I know. I know that. But if you're getting John well, Morant, maybe you can say, okay, well, we're well, getting a guy we really want this year and we'll still be kind of like the Nets. We still have a later pick later on and can hit like mm. when the Nets got Karis LeVert. Here's the thing that I'll say to that though, is what if there's not a market? What if there's not mm-hmm. a market for the Chicago Bulls? They they know that the, the Mavericks have two, mm-hmm. the Suns have three, and they see that, you know, clearly if they want John Morant, they're going to have to trade up. And what if, you know, Garpax just do not feel that they're in a position to give up that future assets, those future, uh, you know, capital mm-hmm. and get rid of a, a future draft pick? And this is just a what if, because I think if they're yeah. in that position, they will trade up. Yeah. But if they don't, there is no market for them to trade down. And I think that, that could be mm-hmm. something because if, you know, the Mavericks are at two, they're not taking uh, John Morant. And then that, therefore, that takes out the Suns. And if the Bulls don't want to trade up, they're not say, trading up. You say no market. I feel like with Ja at two, there's a market of, of course, the Suns and Bulls are the big ones. But yeah. who are some other teams we said could take a point guard? The Grizzlies, but I don't see them trading up. The big one is the Hornets. If, they're, good. if they're a team that's like, hey, you know what? We don't know if Kemba's going to resign, or oh, we're feeling like Kemba's not going to resign. They could make a move up. The Magic could be like, "Hey, no, we need a point guard." But that's Let's a lot, go ahead. and that those deals change. Where Bulls and Suns could mirror 
the deal we saw last year of we'll just swap and then you give us a first rounder for next year and we'll have it top five protected. Cool. But if it's the Hornets and the Magic, they would have to give up more. And for the Suns, if they have it top five like Dallas had it this year, then it protects them from, oh, what if we do suck? We will still have our top five pick next year. So trade versus picking, you're on the side of pro trade. I am pro trade it too, 100%. What are you, pro I'm, trade I'm, or I'm picking? taking the pick. Okay. Yeah, why, why is that? Go RJ. I mean, it's because you don't think the, the value is there for the future I don't think the, the value picks? is there. No, I don't. I think if, if anything, I would go for that 2021 pick and hope that uh, the college rule. Basically, oh. it's just the college rule. It's okay. just give me, the, give me the ability to take a kid An 18-year-old. Yeah, give me a kid who hasn't had to go to college. I, that will be the most loaded class of prospects that we will see in our lifetime, likely, because of just the sheer volume of eligible players. So, yeah. I mean, it's also going to be super volatile, but, like, that is that is the class to target. So, basically, look at our way too that's early, why the and that's what it, it would have been. Like, <laughs> that's that's exactly why the Clippers for went the for heat. that, yeah. because they got that heat pick. Um, that's a that's a good point, and and I think both teams do have their twenty twenty one. And that's far that's... enough away to really say it's not in the timeline for mm-hmm. like Luca and KP. Yeah. I think that's yeah. still fine. I know the I know the Bulls do have their twenty twenty one draft pick, and then uh, Phoenix does mm-hmm. not. Phoenix is uh, that was the uh, wait yeah that was yeah, the heat do. pick. Uh, no, they do. Oh, they do. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the Heat traded their pick to the Suns, then mm-hmm. they traded it to the Sixers, and then they traded it to the Clippers. Correct. Uh, but the Suns do have their 2021. So, mm-hmm. uh, but then again, the Suns might have that same mindset of. Uh, you know, they're that, still going to be bad at that point. They're still going to be bad at that point, uh, which they might not be. Yeah, um, I mean, we hope not, but like, yeah, history. So, l- let's say you know, Jaws off the board, uh, Zion's off the board because let's say New York and Phoenix mm-hmm. stay one two. They get their guys. Um, Super easy or clear stick that's with RJ, RJ right? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> you well, let's go to you, RJ yeah. or Jared Culver. Who do you think? Because you mean, said you like Culver I, best fit. I do like Culver best fit, and it's only because with RJ, I feel like. There's good and bad. Where the mm-hmm. good is that Luca is not a selfish player to where this Mamba mentality that we've kind of attached to RJ. But he just put up 11 assists. Yeah, gonna, he does. In the most we're important just, numbers. We're just being like, okay. Isn't going yeah. to be. He doesn't a, actually have a Mamba mentality. Um, well, the whole reason we started saying it is because he had mentioned it and then we attached it to RJ. It was kind of um, off the Jason Tatum shit, too. <laughs> but I mean, the thing with that is like. If I'm looking offensively, yep. RJ could be more of a dominant, dominant like, and I'm saying like personality wise, would be like, give me the ball. Luca's selfless to be like, okay, I don't have the best shot here, go take it, RJ, and they can work off each other that way. But RJ defensively is nothing compared to what I could get out of Jarrett Culver. And if I'm going to use the model that a lot of teams want to go, and I'm going to throw the Warriors out there again, although it wouldn't be exactly tick for tack, but what do you do? Hey, I have a star who is not or is deficient in defense. Let me pair him with somebody who is good defensively and doesn't need the ball in their hand. But or it could be a little bit Steph and Clay without being exactly Steph and Clay. Jarek Culver has needed the ball in his hand to succeed at mm-hmm. the point he's at. And that's my question is, you know, obviously last year he was uh, basically just a role player to Zaire Smith mm-hmm. and, and a veteran point guard. And this year he's carried a lot of load, becoming mm-hmm. a creator and a facilitator for the majority of his time on the court. So that's my concern is when you when I see Jarrett Culver, I wonder how efficient he can be playing off ball as a third option because that's yeah. realistically it's best case scenario he's this guy is going to be your third mm-hmm. option on the team because well, you have Luca you have KP assuming healthy assuming long term stays 
So this guy needs to be able to fit in that role and not need the ball in his hands. So I worry about that because I mean, but so it's like a question. You, but like you said, he did play off ball when Zaire Smith yeah, was but a it, role player. But you, yeah, the but reason I mean, why Jared Culver is a top five pick, he wasn't even a, he as a freshman, he wasn't even on our radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. he didn't declare, but he also wasn't on our radar at all. It we was like, man, Zaire Smith is good. Man, can't wait to see what this guy also does next year. No. It, yeah, no one had that feeling. Well, no, it was like, Zaire Smith is freaking guarding yeah, I don't know fours as I'm, a two. I'm, I, personally, Jerry Culver was not on my radar. I last was year. personally excited to see what he could do this year. Now with Zaire Smith okay. not there, but didn't know Jerry Culver we, existed. We did eight. We did eight <laughs> mock drafts yeah. last year. Jerry Culver did yeah, not make it. Second round. He was not in the draft. I'm talking huh? just college he, we basketball did a second in round, You know. Yeah, we had a full sixty, yeah. and he wasn't on. I'm just talking college basketball in general. Okay, but I'm just saying. Yeah, according to the draft. Okay, according to the draft. He wasn't on our radar mm-hmm. because he didn't. He didn't. And and now that he has this, you know, higher usage, yeah. And he, we're seeing more of him. He's all the way to a top five pick. Mm-hmm. So if he didn't have this, you know, without this, he was uh, not even a blip on the radar. And now with this, he is a top yeah. five pick. We understand um, and he this has a, gotten better as a player over yeah, the year. And, but, and the usage percentage, uh, 22.1% as freshman year to 31.8%. Uh, assist percentage has doubled uh, mm-hmm. 13.7% to 26.8%. He's pretty much one-fourth of the assist that this team's getting. Yeah. Uh, that, that's actually crazy. Um, but I, I think that's a, a really fair point that you bring up, Dave, is the fact that, you know, I don't know how he work off ball. Um, he was fine freshman year, uh, 38.2% from three. Uh, but as a shot creator, um, you know, shooting 4.1 threes a game, 31.9%. So he might become a better shooter off ball. Um, if he's yeah, coming off lock, if he's coming off you know, uh, baseline screens, um, he might be able to you know, become a decent three-point shooter. But I think that Ricky's right, at least, in the fact that you go R.J. Barrett just because the high end is, is way yeah. higher uh, than R.J. Barrett. And he's, he has been able to pass the ball. Um, I think Culver would need the ball in his hands to succeed at some point, but it's kind of yeah. like with Dennis Smith Jr. where, you know, yes, Dennis Smith Jr. needs the ball in his hands to succeed, but there's clearly a better ball handler. There's a better player in Luka Doncic. You don't give it to him. Where Ja and RJ kind of create that battle of, all right, maybe let's give him some possessions yeah, because they these guys are— touches. Yeah, they deserve these touches. I just—for me, and I know that you can't take one game, but it's like I just watch highlights from the Texas Tech game against um, Northern Kentucky mm-hmm. earlier in the tournament where it's like most of the plays with Jared Culver— Someone else had the ball. They're getting them the ball. Then he drives to the rim, or he's yeah. not the dominant. Like I'm going to bring no, it up he, by he myself can yeah. to where I look at this and I go, "Man, could you imagine if that other guy was Luca?" I mean, they do them have a together. Really, they, they have a veteran point guard on the team, but well, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, and then I think the Luca thing... would be your veteran ball handler in the NBA for yeah. the Mavs. So that's why I look at it and I just go, "That is the perfect fit." But at three, I feel like it would be too high. So mm. even at three, I would think about trading, but it wouldn't be as high as if I was at two. Yeah, but at, I at do three, I don't defense. think you have much of a market. Cause if Jaws off the board. You're yeah. telling me yeah. that teams wouldn't want to move up for R.J. Barrett? Uh, no. I don't I'm think not. so. I'm not. I don't think he's a team, You couldn't sucker prospect. a team like Cleveland into trading up to take no. an R.J. No, Barrett. I think, I, well, here's the, here's the thing. Let's look at the past okay. top five trades. Mm-hmm. Um, Luka Doncic was a franchise player, and the Dallas Mavericks knew that, mm-hmm. and the Hawks felt that they can they, they really like the value that they're getting. Not only mm-hmm. are they getting a player they liked in Trey Young, they're also getting a, a number one pick. Mm-hmm. The Mavericks would need to feel that, that that's out there. I don't know who really thinks R.J. is going to be that franchise player. He might be able to. His top end might be able to. But I think a safe projection for him is possible all-star. Mm-hmm. Um, where And then we look at the uh, Celtics and 76ers one. Uh, that was a move because the Celtics didn't need the first overall pick. They didn't have a need. 
And the 76ers saw this and they said, hey, we have Markel Fultz who will be able to be a perfect pairing next to Ben Simmons. Yeah. So that's why they went with him. And and at least those were the two recent top five picks trades in my mind. I, I just think that really it'd be tough to find a top five pick and a, a, a top five trade that would work out for Dallas and another mm-hmm. team. And which team would it be? Would it be Cleveland? If Cleveland's sitting at four and, and the Dallas is picking at three, like, do they need to give up those future assets when they're that bad of a team to get mm-hmm. this one player? And you think what's it all comes down to what's the difference in your mind between the value of R.J. Barrett and Jared Culver? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's not too far well, apart. And we're debating them. Yeah. We're debating them right now. I don't think and it's yes, a massive picking, gap. We're all picking R.J., but, I mean, it's still a debate <laughs> that we just had for five minutes. So. I just, for me, I think that the, the whole thing of, like, nobody's going to want to trade up is ludicrous because somebody's going to fall in love with him. Somebody's gonna fall in love with RJ and but say just we need you to f- have that guy and trade up for him, kind of like the Mavs last year of like Luca's our guy, and they traded up to go get him. Now it worked but, out perfectly because the Hawks did want Trey Young, and they felt like, hey, we're only swapping pick for pick here, and Trey Young will still be there at that time. I feel like there will be a team that falls in love with RJ Barrett, but at the same time. There's Jarrett Culver through workouts. Here's the, the thing. Combine, it's a different draft. Could be higher on people's boards where the Mavs at three could say, hey, we have to take him here it's instead of RJ. It's a completely different draft. If this was yeah. this year's draft, Trey Young would probably be the second overall pick. Like, that's, yeah. let's just put it that way. And Trey Young was fifth. And Trey Young was, I think, fuck, seventh mm-hmm. in ours at some point mm-hmm. uh, last year. I mean, that draft was completely loaded. Oh, yeah. So you're falling in love with a guy at seven. That means you're falling in love with a guy who was a franchise pick. And the biggest knocks on him were, you know, his size. Outside of that, he did everything you wanted. He producing. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. The yeah. defense came with the size, but yes. Um, but the big, you know, you, he had the production. He had all the production you wanted mm-hmm. in the world. He was a quick, fast, modern day point guard. He had with everything you wanted. Range. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. The biggest so, thing was how, how, how much we'd be able to grow, and clearly that's worked out. It's where like, would RJ know, go seven. in last year's draft? I guess I think that's where you're getting to, right? It's like well, if, well, my if thing Trey is like, would jump up my that thing high is like, on this year's, my like, thing how is like, it was. It was easier to fall in love with guys last year. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying because those guys were much better prospects. Yeah, Um, and I think you know maybe outside of Zion Uh, and RJ is a a fantastic prospect without a doubt. I think if you put RJ last year and we're doing a big board, Mm -hmm. um, I think he's probably uh, right. He's he's better than Wendell Carter. He's better than Mo Bamba. not better. It's like the Jaron Jackson range that gets tricky because I love Jaron Jackson, but yeah, like I think, I think for Jaren's number better. one, it's huh? I I would probably have him like six or seven on my board. Okay. I, uh, yeah. Luca number one. Yeah. Uh, who's two? I'm still going. Uh, it would probably be Luca, Aiton, Trey, Jaron, uh, Bagley, and. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, you, I think, I think what point, I would do is you it would also be this. have it to be, think about it too. Like we kind of have a bias of we've seen what last year's players have done. Yeah, but I NBA. remember a big board from last year, and mine was yeah. mine was Luca, Aiton, mm-hmm. uh, like Porter, Michael Porter Jr. Oh, was yeah, high, but shit. he was he was injured. Yeah, um, and that was the biggest thing with uh, with him and with us was just like we know what he can do, but he's injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and we I think we didn't drop him because in our mock drafts because of. Uh, the rumors that the Kings wanted to take him to. Yeah. Um, so then we we're like, oh, well, he's healthy. Um, so I think that was the biggest thing. Like, because if he was healthy, he'd be, and he, yeah, came, he was my number one player. And there was the, like, well, he's going to play again this season for the tournament time. And yeah. We're and like, he okay, came well, out, then we won't drop him completely. Look like shit. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if he was fully healthy and the reports coming out were that he was fully healthy, he would have been above Luca in, in my mind. I, I had that coming into the, the draft. Yeah. 
I had that coming into the draft. I you was going to stick I, with it. I, I, um, yeah. But if I if I did this, you know, taking in health, yeah. um, it would be Luca, DeAndre, um, then probably uh, Jaron. Then I'd probably put RJ there. Really above Trey. I didn't like Bagley. Bagley. Bagley was like eight on my mock draft okay. last year. Um, I like Bamba better than Bagley. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I, I think Trey, I'd revamp it with Trey because <laughs> Trey. I was, well, definitely, was... I was definitely wrong on Trey. Yeah, that, uh, he was right. I was wrong. Try. <laughs> this, um, guy, this guy saw it coming. But yeah, I, I think that, and and my biggest things were size and and his yeah. his, his defense, and I just over. And how do you how do you recreate what you know the greatest shooter of all time is doing? Yeah. And we're watching him in his prime right now, and it's just like, okay, yeah, he, I can sort of see that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's working out. Um, I don't know. I, I think he, I think he'd be at the tail end of my five through seven range. Like he'd mm-hmm. be five through seven for me. So when you ask about that value, I, I have the questions about trading up for him. I, I know he's very good. I just I don't just, know how like, good he is. And I, of course, I feel like this discussion is just draft analysts. Uh, yeah, kind of <laughs> NBA draft. Kind analysts. of overall, just like oh, that's we've, totally what we are. We, we've looked analysts. at these guys so much to where it's like you look at somebody long enough, you're gonna find negatives. Like, oh, sure. but people are like with Zion coming back. It's like yeah, but if you stay another year. People are just going to, because we've talked about you so much, are going to find more negatives in your game and harp on those. I feel like that's what we're doing kind of now with RJ. Where, think about it, though. We had a discussion not even two weeks ago mm-hmm. about him and Ja being one, being the two second overall pick yep. and which one should be two yep. and which one was three. It's not like which one's two yeah, but it's and then now which one's four. Drafts. Yeah. No, but I'm saying just this draft alone, mm-hmm. take the trade out of it. Take the value of that trade out of it. Just the fact of trading in general, in my mind at three, if I'm the Mavs, I'm sitting there and I'm going, hey, you know what? RJ would be nice. Mm -hmm. But I like, me personally, I like this fit of Jarrett Culver better. He'll be there at four. He'll be there at five. If I feel like he'll be there at six, there will be a team. I feel like there will be one that's after them that will fall in love with RJ to where you could work a deal out and still get the guy that fits your team the best because this is what drafting is, getting the guy you want. Like yeah, if the and Mavs I, I, want RJ, take him at and three. We didn't see RJ. I personally, I would find I personally think if the Dallas Mavericks, who would be fine with either mm-hmm. RJ Barrett and Jared Culver, other teams can make that same exact argument. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. you're saying that the Dallas Mavericks would be willing to trade down because the leap isn't too much and they're getting value. Well, then why would a team want to trade up and add value? Because and that just makes R.J. Barrett the like the hit like even more. Gotta, it makes him more important you because you're schmoo- hurting the future you of the You got to schmooze them a little bit. What do you, you mean? What do you got to make them the think they about? want it. Like the whole thing with trading, it's not like, oh, yeah, well, you and I both know that I could take R.J. here. It's no. These whole – when they trade, it's, hey, I got to kind of like – play a little bit. I got to work the room and basically get you to where you want to be. And that's what I feel like it's going to be. Basically, that's what the Mavs are going to have to do if they're going to trade in this draft. I don't know. Not okay, as but your, your, that, your but argument like, was the fact that teams are in teams love with R.J. Barrett. Like they're going yeah. to trade for him. And you're now saying to, that the Mavericks no, need no, no, to I'm saying deceive to teams no, into trading for him. R.J.'s <laughs> so good, but you know what? Dude, like, if you, you wanted see, him, like I guess you could have him. I mean, he what he did play so well with Cam Reddish sitting on the bench. Like that's really the better form of the Duke team is with Cam Reddish not on it. Like let's be honest, guys. So like you saw, he, he could facilitate, he can score, he can pass, he can do it all. I'm gonna be a dick here. Yeah. You guys know this Tim Hardaway guy. Yeah. He's not our team. You could have him. You could you just trade up for him. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just I, I don't think that you can make a team fall in love with RJ Barrett. I just I don't think that's 
that's really out there, especially those individual with workouts. Out there that can is the question that. because that's where we saw Jason Tatum have his rise. It was mm-hmm. his individual workouts were amazing. Mark Fultz had his fall literally at the same time. Was we heard in the workouts not so great stuff. Bagley amazing workout cemented himself as the number two for Sacramento because they fell in love with him. So I'm not saying it's not possible. I I think that the value between Barrett and Culver is not as far as many people. Uh, want to spread that out? Mm-hmm. I think they're 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 both pretty close. Culver has that de- that tenacious defense to him, and I think that that is such a high value for especially back to the Mavs. Like that team, I, I don't know that they would really be like, well, if we can drop back four picks, like whatever. I don't, I don't know that it, it's a question. It's too hard to figure out an answer though right now because it's just there's too many teams. The way this lottery is going to work out is going to be insane. Yeah, uh, and let's move to the final one. Uh, pick four, nine point six percent chance that they get the fourth pick. Um, in this draft, that means RJ is probably off the board. Uh, if you know the Cavs, Suns, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Knicks are one, two, three, uh, that means RJ is off the board. That means Jaws off the board. That means Zion's off the board. So that leads into Jarrett Culver there at four. Um, any other guys? I mean, does this where Cam Reddish come in? I mean, Ricky, you're clearly on the Jarrett Culver train. I'm, I'm I, assuming uh, if, if they have the fourth pick. Jarrett Culver's my guy, but if I had to give a second one, I might go DeAndre Hunter over Cam Reddish. Okay. What do you yeah. like Hunter about Hunter for the same, better than like, average? Same thing that I see in Jarrett Culver of the two big things of can shoot especially and can shoot from the outside, plays defense. Like those are the two big things that checks the box that could work the best bet next to Luke. And he doesn't mm-hmm. need the ball in his hands. I think that's one mm-hmm. of the, the biggest things. You go and hope that you can make him your Clay Thompson. Like that is the like Just can bigger. Fit. Yeah he, yeah, he can fit on any team. He plays great defense. I don't defense. know about a great shooter. Mm-hmm. As he great can a be shooter, a good shooter. Obviously yeah, not. For like, sure. Fine, Clay is like top 10 all time. Like, yeah. It's stupid. Well, that's why like, when you're throwing out in the Clay Thompson, I'm like, all right, cool. In the mold of. Yeah. You know, that's we, we always compare it to all-time greats. Like, that's sort of, unfortunately, the habit of, you know, draft projections. Is but he could be like a rook. You try to set people on a target. You know, he'd be Danny Green-esque. He Does that like sound a, sexy? Well, I was thinking no. more of like a Rolo, uh, Roko. Roko, yeah. Um, yeah. Where, I mean, Roko little... is an elite 3 and D player. It just depends on like he's what's his actual cap. He's shit. But also then, Roko, when healthy, he's going to be, you know, he's he's one of the most valuable players for your team because he could do everything defensively yeah. and offensively. I think the Hunter versus Culver thing is definitely going to be an interesting uh, well, a and, battle. And that's even another thing. Like, I know, Dave, you were just saying like, well, I don't know why you don't want to trade back to like six or seven, but that's another thing. If... DeAndre Hunter's in there. You could say, okay, Jer Culver, who's we really like, but hey, we we are getting additional picks. Maybe a 2021 pick that you said mm-hmm. is going to be so valuable that year. Mm-hmm. Hey, we'll be at s- seven. DeAndre Hunter will be there. I'm well, happy with that. You got to call and talk to teams well, like Memphis, yeah. Washington, New Orleans, and that's, Lakers. There's a, like, like there's a whole process teams. to it. And like when I was saying the whole smooth thing, it was going off of what Sean was saying, where I think there will be a team that falls in love with it and falls in love with J.R. Jer, uh, Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Barrett. I said Good J. old J.R. Barrett. <laughs> I, I knew that didn't sound right in my head. But R.J. Barrett. Good old J.R. To where if it's on your side where yeah. you're like, hey, why am I trading up? That's the smoothing. You got to get them to feel like, yeah, you need to trade up because then I could take them. But you don't want them on my team. You want them on your team. But, like, yeah, you're going to have to contact. But it's like. Moving back is not a bad thing for Dallas if they get a top five because you can get a Jared Culver if you're in the top two. If you're at four, you can move back to maybe six or seven and get a DeAndre Hunter and get additional draft capital because that is going to help you more than just taking a single guy in this draft and moving on. 
All right, and that's the, what they should be doing for the, if they get the top four pick. They might end up at six, and we just wasted 44 minutes. But, hey, it's still a viable option for them, and we'll yeah. see uh, when it comes to the NBA draft lottery in the end of the season uh, where they end up and what their true no, odds no, are. Knowing the Bulls will be at six because everyone will jump up. I'm <laughs> just preparing it. for Don't it. I'm it, mentally man. preparing for a fall. We'll see. Mavericks fans, let us know what you want. Clearly, you're probably going to want the number one overall pick. But lay us out. If you have the number one overall pick, you know, lay, lay us out. Lay, lay, lay it out to us. <laughs> Uh, if you have the number one overall pick, let us know why you want Zion. If you have the number two, let us know who you want. Number three, let us know who you want. Four, et cetera. Uh, also, let us know uh, what you'd want for a trade. Uh, if you do end up yeah. trading that pick, do you think they can uh, get like that value suggesting, back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let us know who you think they trade for. Uh, you know, and w- what team back? I think clearly the biggest options are going to be the Suns and the Bulls. And if the Bulls and Suns feel like they can give up that future assets, I think it's definitely going to be a huge trade market for the Dallas Mavericks. So that'd be a huge win for them. Uh, if they do get that uh, second overall pick. But let's move into the final topic. We were talking about Bull Bull, but before we do that, check us out on iTunes. Uh, we'd appreciate your support over there. If you want to check us out, search The Fast Break and give us a five-star rating if you do like the content that we are putting out. But we're talking about Bull Bull because he recently signed out, uh, signed with an agent and declared for the NBA draft, so he's sticking in the NBA draft. Um, he's not going to pull out of the NBA draft uh, Dave's a child and can't uh, handle me saying I those mean, words. I mean, I'd pull out. Right? Dave, um, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, not, can't handle a kid right not now. Not at the camera. Not uh, at the camera right now. The freshman uh, from Oregon uh, played, oh, let's see, played uh, nine games uh, for the Oregon Ducks before injuring his foot. In those nine games, he averaged 21 points per game, 9.6 boards, one assist, 56% from the field, 52% from three uh-huh. on three uh, threes a game, and also 2.7 blocks. Um, he is currently right now, for me, uh, according to the last mock draft, he was 15th going to the Heat. Um, Dave, you had him going to the Haunt. Oh, sorry, this is an old one. So I know Celtics. Uh, the Celtics at 14. And yeah. then, uh, Ricky, you had him all, going like, all the way up to 8th. Um, and I do want to respond to some things from the uh, mailbag um, because I was, was mailbag part two. I was, uh, <laughs> it's not really. Um, I was, <laughs> but it is. I was called out for some of my bowl bowl stuff. Um, Nick, who's the Grizzlies fan who hates Dave, uh, said, I think Bobo is the second coming of God. I see him being a 35, 15, and 5 player in his third year, barring injury. You can't teach height why y'all don't have him at number one. You said, oh, what? You can't teach that. No, you can't. I was going to end some more. And uh, here's another one, too, <laughs> uh, from uh, Lady Boy Lover, who said, uh, Sean, your level of ignorance regarding Bobo is outstanding. I'll leave that as that. Forget about the injury debate because none of us know his future there. Talking about that uh, much about his body, though, you sound like one of those people at the Combine that were criticizing Durant for being spinny, skinny and not being able to bench 185. Um, he also said, uh, let's see, um, where is it? Uh, there was one other one uh, that he said. Oh, it was this one. Uh, well, you all can't handle all my comments because oh, no yeah. one mentions it. That's that or it's discrimination based on my screen name. It's one of the two. I was going to uh, bring that up. No. It no, it's not. We just, your name. We, we just didn't. Yeah. We, none of the. We just didn't want to talk about any of the things yeah. you were saying. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but, but we do appreciate all the comments. Yeah, we do. Uh, but now we are we uh, talking about ten, ten a mailbag. Um, so. I will say with Nick, um, he's Bobo is definitely what I think all of us can say. He's mm-hmm. not going to be a 35, 15, and five player. Fifteen rebounds in, in Kevin ten. Durant told uh, not Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant told me anything is possible. Okay, but. Uh, when he was supposed to say nothing is impossible. Uh, to just put that in perspective, at least for the rebound thing, the only guy grabbing 15 boards like in the past 10 Drummond. years is Drummond. Um, and I'm trying to get the year-by-year year thing uh, mm. for this, but uh, like that's that's elite category right there. He's not going to be a 15-board guy. Um, he could definitely get like 12 or 13. Like he's, I mean, he's got the height to, yeah. to grab those boards. 
Um, 35 is definitely not going to happen. In the modern NBA, the only person, two people to do that is Kobe Bryant but and what James if he Harden. Hits 10 threes a game. He's not going to. It's so easy um, to get 30 points then, right? <laughs> uh, J- James Harden, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe Bryant are, I think, the last three guys to, to do 35 point, points per game, and the other guy is Wilt. Yeah. Um, so, like, Wilt was doing it at a different pace play where not, the average height was like 6'8. Um, and then Michael Jordan's doing it where, you know, he's the greatest scorer of all time. Kobe Bryant's the greatest scorer of all time. James Harden's probably the greatest scorer over the past 10 years, um, at least scoring-wise, not player, because yeah. um, that goes to LeBron James. Um, so he's not going to be scoring 35. So mm-hmm. 35, 15, and 3, that's that's ridiculous, and that's that's not ignorance. He's not the second coming of God, but uh, let's talk about him, draft fits. Um, I, again, you have to talk about injuries with him. Because he's a mm-hmm. seven-three center, yeah, so you like barring injury, barring injury, he might be uh, uh, the best player in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I, maybe we shouldn't be talking about injuries because we don't know what's going to happen. But except also, in the case of the Porter family, where yeah. we know that their ACLs and it's MCLs hereditary. are made of paper mache. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I told you and guys he that. You were, I didn't you want to credit. You were all like, "Well, Ricky, you can't do that." I told you. Well, so. I mean, he, it was just because you brought it up fourteen times. Like yeah. we got it. Medicine. Michael um, hasn't gotten hurt again yet. He hasn't played, but he hasn't gotten hurt. Jonte, um, different story. But also back, not ACL. All right, Bobo. Um, <laughs> I think the thing though is like you you have to talk about Bobo with his injuries mm-hmm. because he's a seven foot center who's getting injured. Yeah. You can, you have to talk about Kristaps Porzingis now because of mm-hmm. like with his injuries because of. His injury history at seven three. He just tore his ACL. We don't know how seven footers come back off torn ACLs. Mm-hmm. You got to look at Greg Oden. Greg Oden was a seven foot center. He was not good because of his injury history. If Bobo has an injury history, he's not going to be good, and he's not going to be as valuable to your team who's drafting, who's trying to change your franchise mm-hmm. because of this injury history. If you're looking at the Wizards, well, the Wizards are dealing with a franchise player right now, John Wall, who's injured constantly. So you need to at least take that into effect that you're not going to just be drafting a guy and wasting that pick. And hurting Bradley Beal's teammates and his chances to produce and mm-hmm. be a lifetime wizard that he said he wants to be. If you're looking at the Grizzlies, you're trying to find a corner sp- uh, corner piece to put next to, uh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, Bull Bull and him in, yeah, and Bruno, uh, but putting him next to Jaron Jackson Jr. Bull Bull, if he's going to be injured, and clearly that might not be the best fit, clearly. But if we're just talking about yeah. you know the future, you're not going to be drafting a guy whether that's him or Darius Garland that's going to possibly have these major injury concerns. Being over seven feet tall already puts you at a high injury risk and already injuring yourself in college is something that is a red flag. Now, mm-hmm. if we're talking strictly based on production and on his play style, what are some of the best fits for him team-wise um, that you feel that are out there, Dave? Team-wise, like no injury concerns. He would be a top five pick. Like, mm-hmm. So like, what, what's the first team to, to pull on him? Like, like if, if he's entering the draft, if his it, medicals he, clears, clear he clears his medicals. Completely. Um, yeah, I, I'm still in the, I'm still in the camp of if he clears his medicals, I'm still very concerned about him because of his height, because of his past injury you know, history. Um, if Hawks yeah. have the double pick, I'm taking him with the second one. Okay, so that'd be mm-hmm. the first one you take. Absolutely. You got two first round picks. If they if they stick at five, six or as long as they maintain that Mavs pick. Then I'm absolutely taking him five six. I'll take him at five. Like, it doesn't just even to matter. Different. It, right. it doesn't even matter for me because I understand John Collins is a 2010 monster, mm-hmm. and there's not a ton around what Bull Bull can do playing purely at the five at the NBA level because he is so slender. But I think that there's just something about that talent that you're gonna take it fit be damned because just the upside of having someone who can shoot that well at that size, mm-hmm. you. Why, why yeah. would you pass that on? That was going to be the one thing I'd bring up because uh, you brought this up in the past, but I believe they had him going to the Hawks before was the fact that the, yeah. the fit of him and John Collins together is not good. It, do, um, it doesn't seem good in my head. It mm-hmm. could, I could be wrong, but 
It, it just just because Collins <laughs> isn't great defensively. It's awful. And Bobo, he can protect the rim. I mean, he's averaging three blocks a game in college, which is impressive. It was only nine games, but still, I feel like that could have been something. He's got yeah. a six, seven foot nine wingspan, I think. So mm-hmm. I still feel like you know his blocks will be able to you know carry yeah. through the season, mm-hmm. um, at least in the college season. But I, I think that at least defensively, that'd be a, a poor fit down low. Could be. Um, but again, I, I think I would agree with you. If, if he didn't have these injuries, injury history, I mean, I had him when he was fully healthy uh, in my top five. He'd be yeah. a top five pick uh, for sure. If the you know if the the Hawks have those two bullets, you got to take one of them mm-hmm. uh, as Bull Bull. But he does have that injury history. Um, Ricky, where would you put him? At least in your mind, are you still with Dave? Like the highest he can go if he clears the medicals is at the Hawks as oh, well. Of course. And the reason why the thing I love the Hawks the most is. Um, there's an article from a while ago from um, Soaring Down South, which is the Hawks fan-sided site, and they kind of went through like their three reasons for why Ball Ball would be such a great fit. Mm-hmm. The first two are just his play, where one's defensive, like his shot-blocking ability yeah. and his defensive ability around the rim. Then you also have his offensive versatility. He's not the traditional big man of stick him down low, which might be good injury-wise because he's not going to be down there kind of banging offensively all the time with bigger players. He can step out, shoot from beyond the arc as well. Well, that squirrel kind of jumped, kind of got me off guard. The last one I love the best, the Hawks are in no rush. Even if he needs like a Michael Porter Jr. of like take the year to continue to rehab, they could do it. We're saying healthy. Well, healthy, right yeah, for sure. But even if he's not healthy, I'd still think about taking him with that second pick. Oh. Because they're in no rush. The Hawks are in no rush to win right away. Well, so, like, why not take him? Because if you have the two picks, why not take him if you think he's going to as become far as healthy? The biggest thing is, like, how many guys have higher upside mm-hmm. than him? They don't, but I think that he also has one of the lower floors. Oh, absolutely. Just he, because he's got the league in three years. Yeah, and, and because he's not going to be able to play 30 minutes a game. He's going to well, be playing, like, 20. We don't 20 know that. 23. We don't know that. We don't know if he's going to be Boban-esque and he's mm-hmm. just going to be a matchup nightmare for some teams. Yeah, because, really I mean, he plays 30 in college, but he was going up against much smaller guys. I, I don't and, think there's and, any and reason to cap physically. his minutes right now. I think okay. that he can come in the NBA if he clears out medically at the Combine and he's good to go. Lots of assumptions, I understand. I don't think there's any reason why on a bad Hawks team, and I'm saying bad, they could be a playoff team in the East next year, <laughs> but, like, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be playing, like, 25 minutes a night. And that 25 to 30 range, I think, is completely normal in my mind for him. It's just, you know, where does his shooting continue to stay at at, at that three-point level as he adds volume to it? You know, obviously it's not going to be 50, what, 54%? 52. 52%. 52 on three three attempts a game. Jesus Christ. He was twenty. He was 13 of 25. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's low volume, but still. I, I'd love to see, you know, if he can stay a 40% shooter from three at the NBA level, taking over three a game. Yeah, he's just money. He's just mm-hmm. money. So I'm yeah. going to throw this out here just because it's funny. Yeah. Uh, this is why Reddit wins the internet most days. Yep. Comment number one. And after that, fuck it. Have Orlando draft him and play full lineup <laughs> of seven footers. The first response, oh my God, imagine the lineup. Bull Bull, Bamba, Gordon, Isaac, Frazier. Oh my That'd God. be your lineup. Where's Wesley and one doing that one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's only 6'9". We're not taking that. <laughs> I, I think one thing, too, that at least hurts him a little bit, uh, Ball Ball, that, that that does worry me is the fact mm-hmm. that he's 7'3", but when he was going up against top competition, these are the three teams that he played. Yeah. Uh, he played three teams that were in the tournament this year. Uh, Houston, Syracuse, and Iowa. Uh, those games being seven, uh, you know, 7'3", or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, seven boards, nine boards, and seven boards. 
Um, he did put up points, 14, 26, and 23. Which one was the Houston? Uh, Houston, 17 of 14 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, uh, 7 of 9 from the line, 7 boards, uh, 3 blocks, 1 assist, uh, no personal fouls, which is impressive, yeah. and 23 points. It's like Houston swarms their defense, uh, especially in the low post. So yeah, they that, lost that, that game, game by was, 4. Yeah. Um, but he still had an efficient game. So I, I think the, the thing that I would look for in, in a team is clearly a team with uh, two shots like Atlanta. If Atlanta's up there, that's going to be the first team that takes them. Um, I think if Cleveland falls, oh, that would be an interesting team. If he's mm-hmm. fully healthy, let's take, let's take injuries yeah. out just because people want us to. Um, if if he's fully healthy, and he, let's say this is just one random thing, mm-hmm. uh, I think Cleveland would be a very interesting fit for them if they fell to like six uh, or like seven. Yeah, uh, I think that's the lowest. That's they can the lowest fall. they can fall. Yeah. Um, if, if they fall to seven, I think that's going to be very interesting because there's not a te- uh, there's not a player with a higher upside. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that that at that spot and. I think Colin Sexton and Paul Bull would be an extremely, extremely interesting uh, pick and roll pairing. Uh, and defensively, you know they're going to need to you know bolster around that. But I mean, Larry Nance plays decent defense. He's a very you know high Larry energy Nance guy. Does everything, yeah. Um, and but if I mean, you, you have him at the four, contract. Well, K Love, he might get traded. So yeah. um, I, I think one thing though that I, I think I think it would just be very interesting to see those two next to each other because oh, that's yeah. just very high potential. Um, and it would take scoring loads off of Colin Sexton. The defense might not be great, but I just see you know Colin Sexton's I mean, speed. You got TT size. to hold down the low post still. It, it's not the worst thing in the world. I think yeah, if Cleveland falls, I, I, I'm looking at six through or the five through ten range. I guess technically, like every one of those teams, like the Grizzlies matchup wise, I agree with you. I don't love that if if trying to put him next to. Jaron Jackson Jr. But if we're talking about injured players, it's Garland over Bobo in my mind mm. for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I would I would agree with you there. I think he he would absolutely fit their needs going forward. Wizards, you you made the concerns about John Wall clear, but I just don't give a damn. Like that's a that's a team where I'm like this one in my head when I said the first time I was like. I feel like an asshole, but I'm like I, I think this actually might work for them. <laughs> and then I did it in the mock draft. And you're like. Oh shit! This could health, actually work for like, that. Health, I convince you, and then you reconvince me. And be like, maybe I should have done that. Health out of it, yes. I think I think it's a very good fit. Yeah, but it's, it's just the fact that like you know, if you have your the guy you paid forty seven million dollars when he's thirty two years old out right now, yep. the last thing you want to do is draft number one overall pick and him get hurt again. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team just consistently gets setback after setback. Um, and you want to keep Bradley Beal healthy. I mean, the guy's saying he wants to die in a Wizards uniform. Well, at least let him die happy. Um, <laughs> so I, I think drafting Bull Bull, and then, you know, you're fucking up two, you're taking two Oregon guys back to back. Troy Brown's not even playing, and then, you know, if well, Bull no, Bull now, gets injured. Now he is. He's actually getting minutes. Oh, wow. It took him 75 games. Yeah, it did. Um, but, that but that's the thing was with, yeah, with, with Bull Bull is like, if he doesn't play right away, then you're wasting two draft picks. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that you have to look at. But is, and take, it, is take it really a waste? Because, I mean, if he doesn't play, yes. If, if he does not play, he it's a waste. Doesn't play ever. Yeah, I guess any pick would be a waste. But like, if he plays forty games in a season and he gets injured, it, it's a waste. It's 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 a waste. Where where where's your break even point, Sean? Where is your like? What do you mean? I can take him in the top ten as the Wizards say say it lands at eight. Taking taking with the Wizards at eight. Like, how many games does he have to play? How many minutes a game? Like, because I feel like for in you, a season. Yeah, I feel like for you, there's this magical line in your head somewhere. You're like, it's a waste if you take him at this point. Like, mm-hmm. at number eight. Like mm-hmm. if he gives me well, the biggest, sixty games, the biggest and thing twenty four minutes a game. It de- it depends on why you're why you're not playing him. If you're playing him because he's he's you're wanting to you know ease him back in in from injury and yeah. make sure he's not going to get injured. And he plays you know like sixty games at like twenty three minutes, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have an injury flare up, and those games are all of rest or like yeah. you know he has like some like minor thing like you know he got sick or you know, yeah he had, you know he sneezed something. real hard yeah. yeah. Like if he plays like so if he plays like sixty games, fifty five games, yeah. and it it's just 
because of rest, and they want to make sure he's, he's maintained way more than Troy season. Brown played this year. Yeah, I think that'd be a fantastic pick. Mm-hmm. But it's not really about what what he does right away as a freshman. It's going to be can he make it to his seventh year? Can okay. he make it to his second contract? The end of his second contract. And if he does that, he's going to be a, a fantastic player. Do you think, um, or at least a very useful player? Uh, because at that point, he's at least making it that far. My biggest concern is that you know he reaches year three and. He's like Kristaps Porzingis, where Kristaps is phenomenal. Like I, I'm not saying like he has the same career as Kristaps, where Kristaps yeah. is averaging 22 and four blocks. I mean, I'm saying he, he, he makes it to he makes it to year three, and he's yeah. he tears his ACL, and he's he's not playing. He misses a whole year after that. Like I'm just concerned about him getting injured and consistently being injured and not being able to be out there where we're always imagining and wonder, oh, what could have Bol Bol been? What could have Kristaps been if they stayed healthy? Because yeah. those type of players just give me so much concern because. It's not because they're not talented. Yep. Greg Oden was extremely talented. It wouldn't because of Kevin Durant because, yes, some people have the, the skinny uh, uh, worries about him, but Kevin Durant put up 28 fucking points yeah, in college. Yeah, Kevin Durant was a pure like, shooter. Who, he's a shooting guard who happened to be seven feet tall. Yeah, people people didn't realize what the, the NBA was going to become, yeah. and Kevin Durant's clearly a great fit for that. But now, Greg Oden had that initial success on that Blazers team where I think they were like on pace for like 60-plus wins mm-hmm. at, uh, for the seasons he played. It was like... No, he he's legitimately good. He just broke his body, gave up on mm-hmm. him. Yeah. But he he was a frame. There's a different frame he's built on as well. You have to admit that Bull Bull is a slender frame. His arms and legs are much skinnier. He carries a lot of it through his core, which could be good for him. It's just the question of the knees and the ankles, like you said. It's just you know foot problem, ankle problem, knee problem. That is, and then the back. I think his core side. I'm not worried about well, his back as much. As the other big men who and really s- carry a lot of upper body weight, and we see accidents happen. I mean, True. he's not going to be like Nur- Yusuf Nurkic, like jumping was, high up and then falling yeah. down. Um, I think you know Bobo's going to sit. Bobo's not a flyer. You know, watching Nurkic's injury, Ricky. Um, I, just, well, I wasn't going to watch no, it, and horrible. then you said the leg snap, and um, I was like, no, I gotta, no, shut like, up, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> uh, but uh, once I saw, once I saw the words, Mike picked it up. My brain was like, well, I got it. My, my thing is just like I feel like you know. The worst thing that could happen is just like something that happens in a basketball game where, like, yeah. let's say Joel Embiid goes up, slams one home over Bull Bull, comes down, accidentally lands on his foot, mm-hmm. shatters his foot. Well, there's a, there's a season loss for Bull Bull. Like, yeah. I think that can happen. That's a, his, his his injury risk of just normal that, basketball that injuries are, are already increased than any other center in the in this mm-hmm. league. Yes. Or- He's, really? he's that much skinnier. He's he's that much smaller. He's 240, I thought. It's not about the actual pound. It's what we were <laughs> talking about. He's carrying in his core. Yeah. And the place that's going to hurt your career the most for a big man is not, oh, I tore my shoulder. Like, no, it's it's yeah. the legs. And we're saying the biggest injury risk for Bull Bull are his legs automatically coming in. And, yes, he can add on weight. He, he totally can. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But let's look at his father. We're looking at just straight genetics. I don't know much about genetics. I am not a doctor. Shockingly, shockingly, I'm not <laughs> a doctor. I, I'm, not a, I'm, not even, I'm not even an NBA draft analyst, right? I'm not an expert. Look, my that's I'm not an NBA me. Draft analyst. <laughs> that's not me. Yeah, but I can at least make the assumption that you know Bobo might be a little bit bigger than his father because of modern NBA you know day training and yeah. they, they know so much more about bodies. But I also think Manute just didn't have the ability to put on weight and keep it up because just his body was so thin and it had to work so much harder to do anything mm-hmm. that was just out of the normal. Like, you know, for seven footers, like it's tough for them to go daily. So how is he going to play 82 games? And the he's fact that he's been healthy up to this point in his career, you mm-hmm. have to give him credit. Like he's not a guy who's had like Harry Giles-esque injuries since yeah. high school. No, since but middle he, he's school. also played like, a different game than no, Harry I'm Giles. Just saying, Harry Giles like, was so athletic jumping. Like, yeah. 
37 so inches game, of the field. So his it's game doesn't error. mean that he is going to have those explosive injury blowouts. Of well, my, my thing is not offensively, it's defensively. Oh, That's going to be scaring me, is defensively that's okay. where he's going to get hurt. He can be a pick-and-pop monster. Yeah. He can be in the, the low post and you know face up. I don't think he's going to be doing a lot of uh, post moves because I think he's going to be able to get his shot uh, yeah. contested a ton. I think he could be a... a, 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 a you know, a seven footer that shoots like sixty to like fifty five percent around the rim, uh, just because of his his size, and mm-hmm. he might get pushed around a lot. Um, but I think one thing though is just like when he's playing defense, he's in the low post, he's getting driven on. Like if he gets crossed over, he might twist his ankle. Like I, I'm just concerned about just daily, okay, like small things we might overlook, just hurting and killing his career just because of his his lack of size when it comes to his legs. All right, so Wizards, you'd probably be in for him though. If if he goes into the training camp or not training camps, um, combine and individual team workouts, and he's able to move laterally, like you're pretty much in on him there, right? Then, or do you think that's still too much of a risk? If just I'm, you don't know the future. Could he could get he very well could get injured the very next day, but he goes into those workouts and he looks like he can move laterally. His shot's still there. That didn't change at all. Mm-hmm. You know, one, I, I he's not going to have a forty-inch vert. His shot is not perfect. Uh, his form is very low. He shoots like near his chin, um, which is still at like six foot ten. Yes, but it's still <laughs> when you're going up against NBA guards and not San Diego University. I'm sorry, hang on, hang on. Uh, six foot eleven. I know, he's but seven I, three. I, I'm yeah. just, I'm saying, like, I get you. A, I lot, a lot of his, a lot of his three point shots were uncontested. You know, yeah. trailing threes, or he was, he was just coming up <laughs> top of the key, and he was shooting like literally his, the ball's like here yep. by his chin. That's a concern when you're going up against NBA level defensemen. If he's going up against a Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark's going to stuff that shit. Like Brandon Clark with his vertical, with his wingspan, he's yeah. going to stuff that shit. Uh, so, like, that's one thing where it's just like I, I am worried about his initial. Uh, what's it called, his initial acclimation to the NBA, mm-hmm. and then also how he's going to physically play in the NBA. I do worry about that. And, and that's that's the biggest thing. His upside is phenomenal. It is. It's crazy. If he gains weight, if he adds it on, he could be a rim protector that could. blocks three shots a game and shoots 45% from three and scores 20 games and points a game and you know grabs 15 boards. Like He can be an absolute monster. Could you but imagine? I worry about the, the floor of him. Him next to Anthony Davis if Anthony Davis doesn't get traded next year. <laughs> Come on. It. I Come thought on. about like, it. You can't tell me that doesn't get you excited. Well, like Anthony Davis is one of the best defenders of all time. Like go, coming out of college, he was incredible. Yeah. NBA, he's been nothing short of a phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And adding in a floor spacer of the like of Bull Bull. With the defense. With, I'll, I'll with, one up with, you. with basically, you just got two guys who can just do this oh. and block all of the shots <laughs> within eight feet of the net. I want I want up you. L.A. LeBron. Oh, I, I was going to bring it up. Come on. I was totally going to bring what, up What the does Lakers. LeBron need around him? Oh, no. What does LeBron need around him? Spacing. Shooters. Shading. No, no. Shooters. But Who's not, shooting 52% from three? But not Bull even ball. that. I was seriously, I was sitting here waiting in the wings. Dave, look at it here. Whose who, who spot rack do I have pulled you got, up? You got the Lakers. The Lakers. I was sitting here waiting in the wings, waiting for you guys to just do your thing. Yep. And then I dropped this Laker bomb on you. You beat me to the punch there. But, like, not just that, not just the shooting thing. But let's just say the Pelicans are not going to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. They're not. They're just not. And for me, then, if you're going to go out and get free agents for LeBron, how many of them are centers? Zero. You're going to be targeting... Vucevic. Okay. I don't think they're going to... Like, the big free agents they're They're getting. We gave him up. We made a mistake. We want him back. (laughs) 
Yeah. The big it's free agents are, I'm looking at like Kawhi's. I'm looking at those guys. None sure. of them are centers. DeMarcus. Why not draft a, well, DeMarcus, like, uh, but if you're going to. He's gonna, the biggest one. Yeah. I would say that they're, he is not 1-2 on their list. He is just outside of that. I would not agree. And that. if they're getting the guys that they want, yep. ball ball would be a nice fit there defensively and a shooter for LeBron Ooh, at not the five. defensively. He'd be bad defensively as a five. I mean, his best position probably is a four mm-hmm. in the NBA. I mean, I defensively four or five, I think he'll be fine. Why? I have no question. You think? Of, he, why do you think he's gonna be fine defensively as a five? He's too be, small. Because I don't. Ball he's ball? too thin. I too small. I don't. He's like, seven three, two hundred forty pounds. How you put up LeBron the, like, James is size and thing? Bigger like two six. Go look. At, go look at Joel Embiid when he was in college. Like the kids put on weight. But there are body transformations. Okay. But here's, here's Sean's argument. I know is, the genetic okay, thing. Yeah. Here's but like here's we'll it. see. Science is different now too than when Manute was in the NBA. It, it's completely different though because. Uh, like now, these guys have dietitians and stuff like that. Like even look at like he's going to work Bamba. out. Unlike like Mo Bamba was even talking about it last year when yeah. he declared. A, a big thing too is Joel came here when he was 16 years old. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he didn't have the lifelong, uh, you know, lifespan here at, 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 yeah. in the US yeah. as as Bobo has. So immediately we know more about you know from the the birth. I mean, we knew <laughs> Bobo was going to be a basketball player, so they were probably already putting him in camps since mm-hmm. the age of nine. Uh, so that's why he Even was younger. so much skilled. Yeah. Um, and one thing, too, about Joel, like, just look at Joel's arms when he was in, in Kansas. Like, he still had massive arms, and he still had freakishly long hands. Like, he was small, and he wasn't the Joel Embiid freak that he is now. Yeah. But Joel was still built. Joel still had, like, you mm-hmm. could see the frame of him, where Bull Bull is just skinny. Like, Bull Bull is just, like, rail thin with his arms, and he's rail thin with his legs. Joel, you know, Joe didn't have the same... Uh, time to build up those muscles and then he had that whole year off where he did Basically have the time too. to build up that muscle so that was the big thing with with joe that he had a very cer- you know a unique circumstance where he was had uh, a very short time in the usa to actually use our weight programs and, and build up yep. and then he had that whole season where it was pretty much dedicated to working on a shot and getting bigger Bull Bull, we're assuming that he's going to step in right away and just play basketball games. And I feel like if he's doing a weight mm-hmm. program, let's say on Tuesday, and he has a game on Wednesday, he's going to be able to just like he might get thinner and leaner. Um, but we don't want him to get leaner because you know he's going to be using a ton of cardio through those games and then doing weightlifting. So he's going to you know make everything tighter. I mean, this is just human, uh, yeah. you know, finesse. He, that... might, he might look more ripped. But that doesn't mean he's going to get bigger. He needs to add weight, and that's it. He needs to collect mass. Yeah, there's about and back from, and, and it's going to be tough during the NBA season. And yeah. it's going to be tough, you know, with a foot injury to start lifting. Like, oh no, I don't know where he is right yeah. now in his program, but mm-hmm. it's going to be tough for him to be, yeah, where Joel is because they have completely different body types. We are, can already base Bull Bull's body type off of his father's. That's mm-hmm. going to be near similar. Um, he grew up to be near the same height. Yep. Uh, I think he's bigger than his father right now. Um, I think I don't think his dad was that big. Um, but I, I just worry about his actual base. I, I don't think that he had the same base college-wise that Bob, uh, Joe Manute was seven Joe, seven that Joe did. Um, yeah, it's so four inches t- uh, smaller, but I'm saying size, uh, mass-wise. Got it, got it. Um, I think Manute was smaller that wise. Um, Entirely possible. I don't know. I'm looking at a picture of Manute. He was 201. It looks exactly like Bob. <laughs> yeah, it's like they look. They Manute, <laughs> Manute was 201 pounds. They look exactly really? the same. Yeah. Wow. So and Bobo is 240. Um, but I mean, look at those arms. Like, does that not look like Bobo? Yeah, and Bo- and Manute's not big. Like, and I don't think that's. I think that was just genetics. 
Like, Bobo was, or Manute was I'm not, a little. Like, I'm not saying Bobo is going to have a just complete transformation, but the thing I do kind of lean into is the type of NBA it is. Like, I go back even to Mo Bamba last year when he declared of how he was talking about not just working on his shot, but he's like the whole, like, the dietitians that these guys um, hire to kind of make a plan for them. And if ball ball is smart, hey, I'm going to have this person that is I'm hiring and paying to build me out this plan to make sure that I am healthy, that I'm going to add the weight in the right areas at the right way. And if you're worried about that cardio leaning it out, hey, how do we change this diet program to make sure that doesn't happen? I, I just think that that there is the possibility that it is not add on weight. And and, and his he's he's different than his dad. The fact that he's mm-hmm. at uh, the size that he is right now is, is huge. Um, I think it also helps that he's at 7'7". His dad was uh, Guinness Book of World Re- Records. He was 7 feet, and it's like, six, six, th- 6 and 3 fourths feet I tall. Mean, Yao Ming um, like, was so much more physically built up and taller. Yeah. So like, that, well, and when, once you get a certain size, you're no longer practically in the NBA. When like, Manute yeah, no, arrived sorry. in the USA, he was 180 pounds. Yeah. And gained just under 20 by the time he entered the NBA. The Bullets sent him to uh, University of Maryland uh, strength coach uh, Frank Costello, where he had initially only lift 44 pounds on a 10 repetition bench press and 55 pounds on a 10 repetition squat. Uh, his boss, his uh, BMI was 15.3, and initially had a, a 31 inch waist. I have a 33. Yep. So like, like yeah, yeah. I, there's there the minute was a very rare case, but. I, I think Bobo is definitely at, think, at a better starting point than his father was, yeah. but I think there are concerns that he's never going to be the Joel Embiid size. Joel is is ripped. I don't think he's ever going to be that size, and that concerns me. But at least let's get to the fit part because mm-hmm. um, we keep getting. So I was trying to do. My bad. Uh, best fits: Atlanta, Washington. You're saying New Orleans, Dave. Uh, Ricky, you're saying Lakers. Hilarious. Any other ones that stick out there? The so what, what place would be does he interesting. Not, I think that'd be horrible. No, I don't he, think it'd be horrible. I don't think he. Go ahead. It wouldn't be hard. like I just look at the T Wolves too of like as a team also of like you already have Cat there so you don't have to rely on him as much as you would if guarding fives and playing defense against the fives is what bothers you the most. Yeah, but Cat sucks. Cat defensively, one of those already. Cat's bad defensively. There's help there is what I'm saying. Like there's two. It's not Anthony Davis levels of dominance, but like there's help there. Plus, the T-Wolves are also, to me, kind of like the Hawks in a sense of, like, if it takes a couple years, we're fine with that. We're not going to compete right away next year, even more so because they're in the West with a ton of stacked teams in that conference. I almost said division, but conference. I don't know that I agree with you there because of their contract situation. Because Cat is getting the max soon. They're already paying Wiggins the max. I just... They've got so much tied up in contracts that I think that they are, you know, fast approaching that we need to have people contributing pretty quickly and we need to actually be having results yeah. for the, all this money we're wasting, basically. Yeah, Cat's gonna, Cat's contract extension kicks in uh, next year. He's gonna be making 27.25. Yep. Uh, and then he's gonna make 29, uh, 31, 33, 35 um, as a 27 year old. So, I mean, that's gonna be something that ages Yeah, so they've got two maxes on their team. Yeah, and, and, and Wiggins, the, I, I, there's a video about him being the worst <laughs> shooter in the NBA. And it's, yep. it's not too far off. He just kicked off his uh, four-year 147 uh, extension. He's getting paid 25, 27, 29, 31, 33. Uh, and that's going to be all the way until 2022, 2023. So uh, that's a massive concern right there. So 
I feel like they do need to hit, and I feel like Brandon Clark would be a much better fit. He's better defensively, and you already have an offensive machine in Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, so I, I would say, get just keep feeding the ball to Cat. Like don't yeah. don't change up anything about the offense besides give Wiggins the ball less. Um, unless you're against the Thunder. Unless you're against the Thunder, he just wrecks that. Um, but I, I would say that Minnesota, personally, I don't find it would be a good fit because mm-hmm. defensively, I think you need a stronger anchor uh, than. Carl Anthony Towns, that's why you know a team with Anthony Davis would be much more uh, appealing to me. Uh, or I, I feel like you just don't put him with a, like maybe Jaron Jackson would make sense, but you, can, you know Mike Conley, Jaron Jackson, uh, Bobo would be crazy. Um, but, but I think that you need to find somebody with, a, with an offensive monster. And if the Orlando Magic didn't have Aaron Gordon and they didn't have Jonathan Isaac, I would love to see Mo Bobo and Bobo play next to each other. That would be extremely fun. Yeah. No, I think you're you're absolutely right. I think that's I think I, I think he just doesn't fall past fifteen. I think he's his range is five to fifteen. Um I think the best fit for him would probably to just land in a team where he doesn't need to contribute right away, a team that has a lot of veteran leadership and a team that can, you know, at least put some defensive guys out there who can play physically out there, and that'd be Boston. Boston can play physically mm-hmm. without Horford, they can play physically with Aaron Baines, they can play physically with Morris if he resigns. Uh probably gonna be unlikely that he does. Uh, but they can play physical with him. Jalen Brown can also play f- physical as well, guarding wings. Um, I think Bobo would probably be best fit and best suited to go 14 to Boston. And just like Atlanta, they have a ton of picks to say, you mm-hmm. know, we'll use one on yeah. him. Yeah, like what happens if Memphis pick falls down past their protected eighth <laughs> slot and you're, you got the Celtics at nine going, mm-hmm. well, been been fun. Yeah. I'm going to take Bobo at nine. 100%. <laughs> and just totally mess up. Like that would just that would mess with everything because that means they've they still have more picks later in this draft. Mm-hmm. They've got the capital. They've got the chance to take a chance. And make the playoffs with with or without them. It's exactly. kind of like the Nuggets thing. Like, so, yeah, they could take Michael Porter Jr. because, yeah, they're playing with house money. Um, final thoughts on Bobo and best fits. Uh, what, what's the biggest glaring one that, that you think? I, I think it's Boston. The biggest, like, best fit? Yeah, take, be take away take the away, Hawks. Take away picks. To me, the Hawks. Like, I just like what... He brings to that team with John Collins being there. I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as you think. And he can really help that Hawks team. And it's not something that rushes their timeline. It kind of fits their timeline because they're not looking to compete for a title next year. I, I sort of, if Anthony Davis isn't getting traded, <laughs> yes. I, I want Just him on it. the Pelicans. Just say the Pelicans. But I, what if, yeah, what what if? if Boston doesn't use the 14th pick? They keep that Sacramento pick, and they get the trade Jason Tatum away. They get Anthony Davis, and, and they, they, take, they take Bull Bull. Then yes, Bull Bull. That. There you go. Uh, that. th- that's the best fit for them is, is just get Anthony Davis and then take take Bull Bull. Take yeah. the big guy. Um, I, I want them together on the NBA court. I, I make I, it happen, NBA. I want to make it clear though that I I am rooting for him. Yeah, it would be There's extremely fun to be for him it to just, see. Every time we talk about him, Sean's got to be on the negative <laughs> side because well, because I feel like everyone. It's kind of like, I mean, let's look at the YouTube comments. Someone's calling him God. Someone's saying that he can get 35, 15, and 3. That he's going to be this offensive machine, no doubt, right mm-hmm. away. He's a top five pick. You have to take in these offensive, these uh, injury concerns. Like, is there a reason it, why he clear. is so much better than Darius Garland, a guy who played you know a couple less games than him, but what offensively, look, they, like, you don't hear the same stuff about Darius Garland. I get it. Darius Garland's mm-hmm. not 7'3". But, like, Darius mm-hmm. Garland was a, an incredibly productive guard, uh, instant offense, just deadly, yeah. great handles. Like, there, there's a lot to love there, but people aren't getting as upset about that. Like, 
I don't know. Well, I, I, I have feel like upset. What do you mean upset? Like that we don't have him, you know, five or four. Like I think. Well, his... I think because Bobo is a very, it's easy to fall in love with him. Yeah, he's seven three. He can shoot fifty two percent from three. Yeah, like he's a fun player to watch. I mean, that, that was one thing that uh, Lady Boy Lever said was that you know once Bobo went down was that yeah. the fact that he. His uh, engagement in the college season went down. It's yeah. kind he's of a, he's like, a fun player to it's watch. It's kind of like Mo Bamba from last year. Mo Bamba was easy to fall in love with last year. Yeah, now he can't get on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's that's the big thing for Ball Ball is that it's it's tough to fall in love. With. And you also saw him more. Garland played two games, three games. Like five, um, yeah. So it was it was tough to see him out there. Uh, and, and Bobo was, has been on the radar forever. I mean, Bobo was, I think, top 10 uh, high school recruit. Uh, and Garland, I think, was like 15, 16, yeah. something like that. Um, and, and he was a guy that just— We've know, known about Bobo for longer. Exactly. He's, he's coming from, you know, Manute Bolt's, you know— uh, <laughs> he's, he's coming from—I know. Uh, he's coming from Manute Bolt's tree. And uh, I think people, you know, even— You know, Manute Bolt wasn't like a stud in the mm-hmm. NBA. He wasn't MVP. He wasn't anything like that. But, you know, you knew Manute Bolt right away because he's the largest player, uh, tallest player. Uh, to ever play in the NBA, so I think that's that's a reason why people just like ball ball so much. And I, again, I, I'm generally rooting for him. I hope he does pan out. Uh, you're just laughing because I said he was going to come from Manupolt Seed. I, I thought believe. you were going to yeah. say right. something on those right. lines. Dave's a child. <laughs> uh, let us know your thoughts on uh, ball ball down in the comments below. Uh, we do appreciate all your feedback, whether it's negative, positive. Uh, we you know we want to hear you guys' opinions because yeah. you know that's what this is all about. We're not experts. We're not 100 percent right. We're just guys uh, who like talking about basketball. Yeah, and we talked about it for uh, over. Two Shit, hours. this is 40 minutes. The other one was 45. The first one was an hour 11, so it's been We're a while. just becoming a two, two, or two to three hour podcast. It's a marathon. Uh, <laughs> it's a marathon Osprey. That's going to do it, though. Uh, for Dave Oster, for Ricky Whitmer, I'm Sean Anderson. Don't forget to check out patreon.com slash most of podcast. And we're, April 2nd. Uh, we're updating our stuff on April 2nd. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Uh, and uh, check out iTunes as well. Please rate us five stars. Uh, if you have the opportunity to head over, search the Fast Break and rate us five stars. But for Dave, Ricky, I'm Sean. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.